Hey, this is Zach Stevens from TSO, Sabotage, and Circle to Circle, and you are listening to the Shred Shack Podcast with Dan, Chris, and Pete. Crank it up. Greetings, folks. I'm Dan Mack. I'm Chris Mack. I'm Pete. And you're listening to episode 26 of the Shred Shack Podcast, your weekly source of news and uninformed yet heavily biased opinions pertaining to all things heavy metal. First, let's talk some old business. Old business is old business, and new business is new business. So we have to do a um, a quick everything is awesome since we forgot to play it last week because no one either died or was diagnosed with cancer. So, woo, everything is awesome. Everything is awesome. We get to play it again this week. I think so, actually. Like no, like, anything no. that was reported was like previously diagnosed, right? I think so. We'll get through that. Let me let's get through the news first. This sounds okay. bad. I don't like this. I'm afraid. <laughs> I, I just don't remember what I wrote down. <laughs> okay, because it's been a long week. Okay. Anyway, um, we didn't mention it last week because we didn't want to spend a lot of time talking about it. But now the repercussions of Phil Anselmo's stupid uh, white power incident is affecting the lives of his bands. Um, Down has been pulled off of Dutch festival Forte Rock, and there is a petition to remove them from the Download Festival lineup. And then this past Thursday, it was announced that Down's show in Anselmo's hometown of New Orleans was now canceled. Phil has issued more than one apology. The second one, he actually told his band to move on without him. Wow. Um, Pepper Keenan later released a, a statement saying that he accepts Phil's apology. Um, they've known each other for a very long time. Doesn't think Phil's a hateful person, yada, 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 yada. Um, there hasn't been many updates since then, except today on Blabbermouth, Phil and someone made an appearance, I think, last night at a horror festival, and he did yeah. some karaoke. Yeah. And apparently some um, African-American guys sang to him. Yeah. A, a boys to men song. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I actually read that article before I came here. Yeah. So there's that's a little bit of fun at it, but um, in general, we won't go into the details of what Phil did because I'm sure if you know about it, you've read about it. It's on all the the heavy metal websites. Yeah. Just just go onto Google, uh, type in Phil and Selmo, and then change the date thing to one week ago. Yeah. And you'll yeah. get plenty. Yeah. So we won't go into details about it, but the fact is, it is affecting down now. Yeah. And I'm sure it's going to affect, trickle down to like Superjoint, who are supposed to be recording a new album this year. Mm. Scour, which is supposed to be his new black metal project that's supposed to be happening. Don't say black metal. Well, oh my wow. God. <laughs> <laughs> it's Black Metal History Month, according to Metal Sucks. So, <laughs> but yeah, not good for Phil. Yeah, that's... not good for Phil. Yeah, um, an expected fallout, so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we that's as far as we're going to go with that one. Yep. Um, the ongoing Sabbath saga continues. Um, another show was postponed, and I use the quotations here, uh, due to Ozzy's sinus issues. Sinus itis. Sinus itis osis. <laughs> it sounds so made up. It sounds like something we said when we were playing Doctor as kids. I, I think, I'm pretty sure, um, it may have been the Dilbert cartoon, where like they made up this fake disease. It was like... Something itis osis, and then after like the whole string of words, the uh, the person they're talking to goes, "Hmm, sounds sexy." <laughs> and it happens, like, <laughs> I think you remember times. this. I think you remember this. <laughs> yeah. So this is the reason why I would not want to see Black Sabbath at this point. 
I would well, just apparently be worried they, about. They continued the tour last night. There's footage online of it. So yeah, well, yeah, because later on in the week, Sharon said that he will be performing. Like I think I guess last night. So what would be really funny is if, as a result of the sinusitis, whatever. Um, like he sang normally, like Bob Dylan on National Skyline, the album. He sang that like that weird, that that non way that he sings. <laughs> he kind of like actually tried to sing. What if Ozzy sounded like that when he's sick? <laughs> that would be awesome. All right, last bit of old news: the official cause of death of bassist Jimmy Bain is lung cancer. Apparently, he was unaware of of his condition and was suffering from pneumonia at the time of his death. QR cancer clip. Anyway, but, All right. like, still, that's that sucks though, because like Jimmy Bain, like he just appeared in a lot of different bands. Like he's he was one of those guys that just um, was just part of everything. Yeah, like like Vinnie Appice now. He's like drummer for everything. Well, I think he I think he was actually playing with Vinnie Appice. They're playing Last in Line, which is the um, the band that Vivian Campbell put together to play the the early Dio stuff. Yeah. that he was involved yeah. in. Yeah, he he was just ever present. Yeah, and and it kind of sucks that he's gone now. Holding it down. But that's it for old business, I believe? Yeah, that is it for old business. So we are going to move on to new business. And this is new business, and we do not discuss new business until next quarter. And new business is where we have a whole lot of new releases, and uh, Chris has a whole bunch, because surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, you you have no idea how much time I have to listen to to new releases, because I listen to music while I train people, I listen to music at home, I listen to music when I work out, and I listen to music in the car. Want to know what I listened to this week? Let's see. Our own voices. <laughs> yeah. A lot of our own voices. <laughs> From the podcast on Monday to Mon- the Monkey Soup and Homegrown Heroes video to Wednesday to Nightmare World on Friday. Which I did listen to a lot of Nightmare World, which is so good. Yeah, yeah, that was quality. All right, well, the first one I picked up, I sh- yeah, first one I listened to was Degraded. We listened to this the other day. Yeah. Uh, early on in the week. Melodic Death Thrash Metal from Sweden is their fifth full-length record since 2008, so these guys have been busy. And I, the only thing I have written down here is literally awesome. It's in caps with two exclamation points. So yeah, I'm taking my, my, my script writing cues from uh, David Draymond from uh, Disturbed and his Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's in caps locks and multiple, <laughs> multiple exclamation points. <laughs> Hashtag douchebag. <laughs> But yeah, actually, I was actually surprised. Actually, everything I listened to this week surprised me because I went into it thinking something completely different than I got and degraded because of the way it's spelled is degrade dead as in D-E-A-D. It I was thinking of like... an alternative metal I was thinking yeah, so alternative yeah. metal. I was thinking of something like on the verge of like hardcore. Not what I got. <laughs> totally not what I got. Completely threw me off, off guard and I really enjoyed it. Um... So I would recommend Degraded. It's a self-titled album. We need to come up with the rating system where the number of caps locks and exclamation points equals <laughs> how much we thought about the album. Yeah. <laughs> that is a good rating system. I like that one. That's good. 
Or you could do it by how many lines I actually write about the fucking yeah, yeah. band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just, my reviews can be either awesome or sucks. Like. <laughs> Pretty much. Should I just keep going? Uh, we'll we'll let Pete do his his. Right, okay, cool. So for this week, uh, only got a chance to listen to one band. Um, but what a hell of a fucking album this was. This is Foth, uh, with their uh, new their debut album, I. This is actually a solo black metal act out of Scotland, and uh, it's for me that like immediately the influences are Wolves in the Throne Room, Druk, uh, maybe a little bit of Primordial, and even some Over. Like this is very kind of traditional atmospheric black metal in the sense that they focus or he focuses a lot on kind of like nature, a lot of about topics on isolation and solitude. Um, the tracks, the album starts off with a track called In the Hall of the Hunter. And right off the bat, I mean, I wasn't sure if this was going to be like just kind of depressive black metal or something because it's actually a really fucking heavy track. And I always feel like there's a certain talent required to play this kind of music because a lot of black metal, and especially atmospheric black metal, um, revolves around picking up usually like a few guitar riffs and then repeating them mm -hmm. over and over again, like over like multitude of measures in music and so it's easy for it to get boring and so to find a riff that not only sounds good to be played over and over again like that but also creates like an aura to the music is not easy and this guy his name is andy marshall he pulled it off like superbly um i mean there's definitely um like when you hear it it just evokes these feelings of like just being alone in the woods, even like just general misanthropy, like which is just a hallmark of any good black metal album. I'd say that probably the weakest element of this album are his vocals, just because the way that they're mixed, they sound very distant, they sound a little bit muffled. With and this isn't like typical lo-fi, you know, black metal stuff. This is like they're almost irrelevant mm -hmm. when you're listening to it. I feel that had he just made this as an instrumental album it would have been perfect because the music quality just carries this album. Um, but it is, it's great. I mean, this is not something that just only like black metalers should listen to. This is like, if you, anybody would, I think enjoy this. I'm, I'm going to try to see if I can get you guys maybe like some, try to find a, I think it's actually the whole album's on post on YouTube. I think he posted it. So I'll send that to you guys. Cause I think you both would really like it. Honestly, awesome. definitely worth checking out. You had me in Scottish. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> pretty, pretty good. It's cool because, uh, from what I read at Fwath is a Gaelic word that just means hate. So nice. that's what you're getting here. There it it's is. Really, really good. There it is. Black metal and hate kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I do the, the, um, the weekly, um, run through of all the new releases, like there's always a lot of black metal in there. And I'm starting to realize why it's because all these guys, 
work solo. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them do, yeah. Like, the crazy thing is, is like it sounds so good. Like I fucking wish I could produce an album like this by myself. Like how the fuck can you do that? You know what I mean? I just that always blows me away. Yeah, I, I'm always intrigued by these one man bands, and the one that really got to me, not necessarily black metal, that always intrigued me the most was Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, I was gonna say Pretty Hate Machine. Yeah, Pretty mm-hmm. Hate Machine. Mm-hmm. When Trent Reznor did that all by his by himself, that is one incredible achievement. If, if, I'm, not mis- <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, too, like that album was. Recorded like he used to work at a studio. He'd break in late at night and record it overnight. Yeah, and just kind of. And the know. same thing with the first Foo Fighters record. Dave Grohl pretty much recorded that whole thing by himself, for the most part. I think. I think he played a majority of all the instruments. Same thing in Ari- uh, Arion. Uh, besides all the guest musicians, yeah. everything but the drums is is uh, Arian. So I think, uh, same thing with the first uh, Dead Soul Tribe album. Okay, but I'm not sure if it was necessarily produced solely by him, but like everything was written by him in the matter of like six months yeah so so one man bands are just something special Devin There's Townsend a, yeah, Devin, yeah, anything yeah. he touches <laughs> anything and everything alright um, Dan nothing I, I I tried to listen to a bunch of things I didn't get any full on listen to anything okay. this week I tried alright uh, so next up is a band called Striker and the album's called Stand in the Fire It's the fourth full length band, uh, fourth full length album from the Canadian thrash metal band. A, a, <laughs> and uh, I have a here just from their. I copied and pasted their list of influences from their Facebook page, and it's Saxon, Iron Maiden, Racer X, King Diamond, Vicious Rumors, Halloween, Crimson Glory, Judas Priest, Annihilator, Exciter, Scorpions. Or anything old and fast. Yeah, I was gonna say anything like like nineteen eighties and before that is heavy metal ish. And that's what these guys sound like. It's awesome. Um, I really have nothing else more to say than that. I really like. I listened to these things. I didn't really write anything down as I was listening to them, and I tried to like kind of catch up at the end of the week, and it just didn't happen. Yeah. But this was definitely a lot of fun. And again, it's another one of those bands that really caught me off guard. A name like Striker, I was thinking maybe more power metal ish. Yeah, that, or that you know, if it had like maybe a little bit of a hardcore band, maybe. But no, again, thrash metal band. Full-on denim. Awesome. Loved it. Totally have a band named Stryker and have it be all about the X-Men. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. I would like that. So somebody get on that. Hardcore band. All about <laughs> X-Men. Only the X-Men. Go. <laughs> you have your mission. You have your mission. Do it. <laughs> if you choose to accept it. <laughs> oh. Moving on. Next one up was uh, Product of Hate. Hate and we got product to hate. <laughs> buried, buried in violence. Again, this is another band I was expecting hardcore. Right. Just by like the product oh, yeah. of hate, buried in violence. I was thinking like knuckle dragger crap. 
No. <laughs> Wisconsin Groove Thrash Metal. And it's their debut album. And it was awesome. And there's a random cover of Ozzy Osbourne's Perry Mason out of nowhere. <laughs> That's the kind of thing that I like with, with a lot of bands, like when they cover the unexpected track. Like I'm, right? I, I'm yeah. tired of hearing the quote unquote classics from, from bands like that. I wanna hear I wanna hear Perry Mason being covered. And it was super good. Because yeah. you know the opening line is all um keyboards on, on yeah, Ozzy's yeah. track. I think it's I'm pretty sure I only listened to it once, I'm pretty sure it's the bass carrying it. Like that would be like cool. that. And they get the whale the the squeals like Zach Wilde does, but the guy screaming the co- the uh, the chorus or the and then howling the bird oh so good, it really is quality yeah, this, stuff. This this intrigues me. Yeah, yeah. Um, last one up that I actually got a full listen to is Billion Dollar Babies, and the album is called Chemical God. Before you read the influence by thing, you knew that with an album title, uh, with a band name like that, you knew it was going to be hard rock. You this, knew this it was going to be hard this rock. Couldn't have been a surprise. And the only thing that I was surprised about it is it wasn't um, that the guys aren't. It's not like a tribute band. It's yeah. not like guys who are trying to be like Alice Cooper because obviously Million, Billion Dollar Babies is an Alice Cooper record. Um, but it was just really good hard rock, and the guys are from Sweden. They're influenced by Kiss, Wasp, Ozzy Osbourne, Alice Cooper, of course, Rob Zombie, and Black Sabbath. Just good and catchy hard rock. I mean, there's a couple of things in there that I didn't like. I think the lyrics were a little, like, too tough guy-ish. I really don't like that too much. But the fact of the matter is I can look past that because the music was really good. You know, and it was damn catchy. So, you know, all in all, listening to it while doing squats the other day, I was happy. So... If I can, if I can lift to it, I can listen to it. That's about my, that's about my rule of thumb here. So instead of does it jets, can I lift? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> it's gonna become a meme. <laughs> I'm making up t-shirts all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Good check. We need to open up a t-shirt store because. Just got too Holy many fuck! Ideas. Technical death metal. <laughs> what was my oh, excessive, excessive amounts noodling. of yeah? Excessive noodling. <laughs> and can I lift? <laughs> It's not do you lift, it's can I lift. <laughs> well, that's it for um, actually the things I listen to. Um, but other things that are on my radar that like I listened to a track or two of um, was uh, Obscura, um, Acroasis, which I've I just i been hearing about this album, this band and this album coming out for a while now. I've just been really looking forward to it. And there, it is streaming. I just haven't had a chance to listen to it. Um, another one is Textures is a phenotype I listened to one of the tracks in this one while I was doing the uh, new release thing and I'm sitting there watching the video and a lot of it's kind of like that um, for lack of a better term pro shot on the um, instruments mm-hmm. and I'm like oh man there's so much noodling going on yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Textures is one of those bands I can hear Chris getting a heart on right yeah <laughs> I, I tried listening to it they were streaming it but it was it was streamed through Spotify mm-hmm. and because I don't have an account they only gave me like clips of the songs mm-hmm. so I was like whatever um, next one up is Flesh God Apocalypse. Uh, the album's called King. Um, lots of really good reviews coming in for this one already. 
So I'm very much interested in hearing this record. I've also heard of Flesh God Apocalypse for a long time. Yeah, so we it's... we here at the Shred Shack do have a digital copy of this that we're going to uh, take a listen to sometime this week. So we will probably be able to kind of... It'll be on our uh, what else are we listening to next week list. Yeah. More than likely. And um, the last one is a band called Odyssey. It, the uh, album's called Voids, and this is instrumental prog, but it's not as nearly as... Uh, Full of wankery, as uh, <laughs> as my other ones. Noodling and wankery. Uh, this is this is more riff based, a lot a lot more a lot heavier than uh, the other ones I've been listening to. So it was, I got about halfway through the album. It was really good. So, wow. you got anything, Pete? Uh, as far as on the radar, no. Okay. Um, on the radar for me for this week, um, Rhapsody of Fire, new album, uh, Into the Legend. I really wanted to hear this album especially considering the fact that I haven't kept up with the band very much in the last few years I know that they had their split and now they are Rhapsody of Fire and Luca Tavilli's Rhapsody um, I really wanted to hear this but for some reason I couldn't find anything online and it's AFM it's a more well known metal label so the chances of it's like being leaked and staying up long enough for me to catch it not likely mm-hmm. but I definitely want to hear this what but I did, while listening to this, go back and listen to um, Magic of the Wizard's Dream with Christopher Lee. Mm. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, the other one that came up uh, for me was... Um... Hold on, I had it here. Oh, Brainstorm. Brainstorm. Scary Creatures. Uh, I've been a fan of Brainstorm for years. Um, I listened to one track from this album. Um, I'm not sure which one it was, unfortunately, just because I was kind of going through them pretty fast. little unsure about it. Um, because I'm used to them being kind of like, and we talk about a lot of bands being kind of cross between traditional and power metal. These guys are like stuck in the center period. This track was a little bit weirder than that. <laughs> you say that was such a no, because like I'm listening to it and I'm like I'm not sure if I'm actually liking it, and I actually like for for a change because I don't normally do this, but I actually went looking through the YouTube comments. And a lot of people were like, mm, this sounds a little off than Brainstorm. So it's not just me being like, um, this is weird, this is stupid. No, it's something they've kind of changed up their sound, at least for this particular track. I was going to say, you haven't heard it in context with the rest of the album. Exactly. So it could just be this, this one track sounding a little off, and the rest of it's like their standard, you mm-hmm. know, we kick ass kind of thing. Um, I'm hoping for good things because these guys, you know, from the get go, they were they were a pretty goddamn good um, metal band from Germany. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and quick thing, lastly, which I wanted to listen to, I listened to like three tracks of it, the new Drowning Pool album, Hallelujah. Um, I was mentioning to you guys before, like I remember Drowning Pool back from two thousand one with Sinner, and I, I I just listening to them now, I'm like, man, these guys are fucking boring. <laughs> new album, I actually was listening to, and I was like, man, this is kind of you know, got a little more melody, a little bit cooler. Um, still, very much that alternative metal sound and everything. Who, who's singing for them now? Because I think the guy from Soil it, left to no, go back Soil, to Soil. The guy from Soil left like five. This is a long time ago. ago. Yeah, yeah right. this is a couple of years ago. Which I'm glad because fucking I love Soil. Yeah, they're I know you do. So good. They're like they're like the Power Man Five Thousand. <laughs> <laughs> my argument here. Um, but what I've heard of it so far, it's actually pretty decent. So I want to listen to the rest of it soon. Yeah, I listened to a couple of tracks and it was in passing, so I really have 
I just didn't grab my attention. So yeah, it was supposed to go on my iPod this morning, but apparently I'm a dunce and forgot. Dunce, dunce. Uh, so aside from what's on the radar, what have you guys been listening to this week? All right. So for me, um, other than Floth, I've been listening to that on a couple of times over the last couple of days. I've also been listening to the albums on my top three, which of course we'll save for that. Save that for later. I've also been listening to. Um, and Seferum, uh, their latest album, One Man Army. I hadn't gotten a chance to give that a listen. It came out last year. And it's, God, it's really good. Like, really good epic stuff from them. So I'm really enjoying that. Um, I went back because I was, I was planning on picking up the, the new Dream Theory album. And I still haven't done it. Because every time I've been around a Best Buy, it's closed. Because it's too goddamn early in the morning. And um, so I listened to the last two records, uh, which was um, A Dramatic Change of Events and... Dream Theater, the self-titled. Um, I listened to Rush, the the most recent record, which is Clockwork Angels, which is really good. I don't know if anyone, if either of you guys have listened to that. Didn't that come out like years ago? A couple years. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, like... um, but it's actually really good. It's a little bit heavier than they than I expected from them when I first listened to it. Didn't they start getting heavier with Snakes and Arrows, like back th- yeah. in like, like the turn of two thousand? Yeah, they, they it's and this plays into the same vein. Like the songs aren't nearly as like long mm-hmm. as they, they were when they originally came out in Prague but this there's a concept album full on I think uh, Neil Peart wrote like a book concerning the uh, this album and everything but um, really good I listened to the last three Periphery records because um, I was just on a Prague kick all of a sudden all of a sudden oh. <laughs> <laughs> excuse me I have a sudden lack of noodling um, of course I've been listening to my top threes and because I listened to Dream Theater and James Labrie, James Labrie's voice, I went ahead and I just went to Arion and started with the Human Equation. And I went back and went to the Universal Migrator. I went forward and listened to uh, Zero One, and then I went back and listened to Star One. So I've just been all over Arion's dick. This is, the part, <laughs> this is the part where I'm like fool, but then again, I've done it all the time. Every time Lindsay and I go on a road trip, it's like. The entire Arion catalog. Oh my god! It's because it's so goddamn good, and it's different every time. And of course, you know, I also forgot to mention the theory of everything. So yeah, but I listened to whatever I had on CD was it went into the car, and, and that's that's been me for like almost the entire week. Yeah, I, I can go on about Arion, but I won't. <laughs> Not today. So as for me, um, when it comes to what I listen to during the week, it's usually a matter of me trying to keep up with this show, or I just kind of go nuts and like, fuck it, I'm going to listen to this. Um, But a lot of this week was spent editing, so I didn't get a chance to listen to very many things. But among the randomness was um, the South Park Bigger, Longer, uh, and Uncut soundtrack. Oh my god! (laughs) Yes. Um, I listened to the Batman Brave and the Bold soundtrack. Mayhem of the Music Meister episode and the soundtrack to that episode, which if you haven't heard that, it's fucking amazing. It's um, it's the last like non-serious Batman cartoon that they did. Uh, I mentioned it to you before. DJ yeah. Vader did the voice of Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they had an entire episode where the villain was a um a singer, and it was Neil Patrick Harris. Oh. And the entire soundtrack, all twenty minutes of it, they released on two CD. Um, and it's just a lot of fucking fun to listen to. So I was playing that for a while. Um, this morning, since I forgot to put the Drowning Pool album on my iPod, I ended up listening to Tantric, self-titled. Nice. Which is a great album. And on the way here, I ended up listening to um, Symphony X, Iconoclast. 
That's um, always a go-to. Mm-hmm. So everything else this week was pertaining to the videos we released. Um, a lot of you know monkey soup leading right up into the video release. A lot of Nightmare World leading right up into that review release. So you know things that are pertinent to this show I listened to this week. Yep. So true. So that's it for our new releases and other stuff that we've been listening to this week. So we're gonna go on to news and hopefully we can play our little clip. So let's start with general news. All right. First off, Motorhead guitarist Phil Campbell isn't letting the band's memory die, but also isn't keeping it alive in a perpetual state of morose mourning. Campbell will release a book of funny stories and humorous anecdotes from the band's history, at the very least to get them down on paper for posterity. So I can only imagine the stories about Lemmy. I'm just imagining the the, the whole... Um side character from Wayne's World 2 me and Keith Moon <laughs> <laughs> wasn't it disturbing to see the crack in the ass of the Indian yes wow well here's a little bit of a bummer but not nobody died uh, Skindred vocalist Benji and his girlfriend Julie Christian were viciously attacked over the weekend and in the singer's hometown of Newport, Wales. Apparently the UK is not a safe place for meddlers. Like I saw I saw the the pictures, like he's got he got like stabbed in the yeah. neck and he got like slashes on his face. I didn't see pictures of his girlfriend, no, but just... they got pretty they got pretty beat up. Was there any reason? Did they, they anything? I don't wanna I don't know. I, I really don't know. I mean Do they mistake him for uh for Randy Blythe? <laughs> well <laughs> Speaking of that, I might as well get this out of the way. I didn't write it down in the script because it happened like last night or today. Uh, Lamb of God is not having any luck whatsoever because apparently their tour van, not van, but they uh, their tour truck got into an accident and a bunch of their gear got damaged. <laughs> like they have absolutely no brakes like the last four years. Like, seriously. <laughs> you know what? Like... It's sad because they really have done nothing wrong to deserve this right? kind of like really bad luck. <laughs> I mean, obviously it could have been a far worse. Like all their shit could have got blown up and fought on fire. Like some of the stuff got down. I didn't read the the full article, but it just, it just keeps happening. It, it would it would it would be better. Like okay, if these guys were complete assholes, <laughs> I'd be like yes. If awesome. these guys were Motley Crue. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. Anyway, moving on. Bullet from my Valentine drummer Michael Moose Thomas will take a temporary leave of absence from the band to spend time with his wife as they anticipate the birth of his first child. Filling in for him will be Jason Bold, Bold, a pitch, I think it's bold. a pitch shifter and axe wound. Good on you. Yep. Be with your family. That's, That's right. A fire broke out during Entombed AD set in Gothenburg, Sweden, last oh, yeah. Saturday night. Um, luckily the flame was quickly put out, uh, by the staff and the show continued without any further interruptions. Apparently someone yelled out, let's light this pit up. And someone said, hell yes. <laughs> no, that was a couple, that was a couple weeks ago. Um, this is a funny bit. Um, James Hetfield recently appeared on American dad as himself. Kind of Hetfield voiced a water polo coach named James Hetfield, who claims he's not James Hetfield from Metallica. Even though he makes constant references to the band and some of Metallica's music is used in the episode, it I saw like a clip that they put on on Instagram. It was actually really funny. <laughs> I, I guess I got to see it because yeah. I, I, I mean, it is it is a Seth MacFarlane vehicle, so it's kind of hit or miss. Well, it it really plays up to the fact that 
it's James Hetfield doing the voice. He's like, I know what you're thinking. Whoa, the guy from Metallica is like, but no, even though I look and sound exactly like him, and I have all his guitars. <laughs> <laughs> I am not that no talented ass clown. <laughs> so it was, um, it was pretty funny. In other Metallica news, Metallica performed last night. Uh, last, this is Saturday, uh, we're recording this on Sunday. They performed Saturday night at CBS Radio's The Night Before. Uh, this was a special concert for the night before the Super Bowl, which was is today. Um, I think the reason this happened was because there was a big petition going on to get Metallica to play the halftime show. Yeah. And obviously it didn't happen. It just won't happen. Uh, the main reason they wanted them to play the halftime show is because, A, they're an American band. They're an American hard rock band. It's the 50th anniversary of the Super Bowl, and they're playing in San Francisco, which is Metallica's hometown. Right. Definitely didn't happen, so they performed at the AT&T um, field, which is where they've been doing the annual Metallica night during the Giants games. Um, and last night was cool because they, what they did is that they made it available as a free high definition stream on all mobile and desktop devices. I watched the second half of it last night. I picked up where they were playing the end of uh, Unforgiven, watched the rest of the concert. It's a Metallica show. It was awesome. Yeah. I mean, for the multitude of people that were there, and there was, that was a sold out show, there was a full on crowd there. It must have been awesome. It reminded me a lot of the, like it looked a lot like the Tool concert in a lot of ways. Yeah, like they had the a lot of lasers going like on, the, the big screens, yeah. and uh, they had the they had the Snake Pit going on mm-hmm. from like the the uh, the nineties tours. Did they still do the Snake Pit? I think they made it come. They made a comeback with it um, after Death Magnetic, because uh, yeah. they've been doing it. They've been doing it like a version of the Snake Pit at certain shows. So, uh, but this one had it, and of course, you know, the Eagle Ramp was there, and it was great. Yeah, I love that. Um, but they played a lot of songs that I would have loved to have heard live myself. Um, one of them that caught me off guard was they played "Whiskey in a Jar." That was their cover. Well, they came out, so the boys are back in town, right? Oh, is that? The, yeah, I didn't see the beginning. Yeah, okay. I didn't see the beginning. Which I thought this was still in San Francisco, right? Yes, that makes sense then. So it was, um, it was a good show. I mean, I would love to have been there live. Uh, but I was glad I, I was happy enough to watch it on uh, on my laptop. That's been the great thing about the internet is the fact that you can watch all this stuff super high def. On. Yeah, and it it looked awesome, yeah. like on my computer, and it was definitely a good show. Like I said, they played Sanitarium, they played Fade the Black, um, Master of Puppets, of course. There was another surprise, I forgot what it was though. But you know, it's a Metallica show. That's where you have to give like Metallica credit because we you know we have given Metallica a lot of crap for. Latter Day Sins, but like when they come to the live show, their set lists kind of make up for it. Oh yeah, they, oh most certainly. And the most fact that they mix it up, a lot of bands will just kind of. We've seen Iron Maiden so many times. We've seen them play the same set list on the same tour. Or so yeah. Many times. The fact that a band is willing to mix it up as much as they do, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, and I, again, one of those things I really wish I was there for. Yeah. Moving on, here's something that it might interest you, Dan. Yes. Um, former CKY frontman and guitarist uh, Darren Miller has indeed decided to move forward with his own version of CKY, dubbing it Mecha CKY. In it, he is joined by various members from one of his group's uh, foreign objects. I'm just thinking of, I'm sorry, the, the Mecha thing made me think of uh, South Park. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were just talking about this like what two weeks ago? A couple of weeks ago, when we were talking yeah. about like bands that we want to see get back together. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure they did get back together for a little while, but I guess this is confirmation that it's like, a little, it didn't work out. Yeah. Um. He he wrote out a very lengthy 
uh, social media too hot long update. Didn't read. Yeah, yeah. Um, where he, he mentioned that the situation in CKY proper was a little toxic. Like apparently he's he claims that he's the only songwriter, and no one else contributed to the band. Yada yada yada. Um, so he decided that it's time for him to move on, and you know. CKY Part Two, I guess. If that sound does continue on to another band, I'm okay with that because the like, fact of the matter is that his guitar sound really makes that band. It's the signature part of that band. I I feel like their sound is equal parts that guitar sound, his voice, mm-hmm. and surprisingly the drumming. Oh, like, from uh, Jesse Mangera. Yeah, like he's like he's got some interesting shit going on in that band. Mm-hmm. So like something else from him, I would like to see. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that there's some sort of compa- like there's some continuation in that capacity for both of those guys. Right, and he also mentioned in the uh, the long list of things here that he has like six different projects or six different releases coming out soon. One of them being uh, Mecha CKY. Mm-hmm. I think there's a anniversary edition of um, the first CKY record. Okay, um, and two of his side projects, Foreign Objects, is one of them. I don't I didn't write down the other one, but. They all have stuff coming out in the next year or two. So he's busy. This excites me. Yeah, he's very busy. Next up, Hollywood Vampires, which is the supergroup featuring Johnny Depp alongside Alice Cooper and Joe Perry, will pay tribute to Lemmy by performing a Motorhead classic at the Grammy Awards next week. That's interesting. Yeah. I will probably watch the video when it comes up on YouTube the day after. Yes, sir. Uh, The ceremony will air live on CBS Next Monday, which is the 15th, and I think they're supposed to be performing Ace of Spades. That is far too expected. However, since Alice Cooper does sing a lot of the tracks, I would love to sing, uh, see Alice Cooper sing Ace of Spades. Yeah. Or well, I, th- I think he. I think in the in the article I read is that he he said that he's not going to try and sing it like Lemmy. He's going to be Alice Cooper singing Ace of Spades. Which have you ever? Heard, you were there for the uh, when he. He introduces. He includes um, another brick in the wall in schools out. Were you there for that? I'm not sure. Okay, when they do schools. Oh, out, I think I do. I yeah. think I did. I think I did see that. He does that, and they did that on the Hollywood Vampires album. Oh, okay, cool. And you know, it's it almost sounds like Alice Cooper wrote that part himself. Mm-hmm. Like it's that good, that natural. So I'm hoping that, like again, Alice Cooper will be able to just kind of play this track by Motorhead and own it and have it sound like he wrote it himself. Yeah. Because Alice Cooper is fucking awesome. Plus, it'd just be fun to see um, Joe Perry and Johnny Depp up there playing as fast as Ace of Spades is. Well, what does Johnny Depp do? He plays guitar? He plays guitar. Okay, well, I guess we'll see how that goes. All right, moving on. Anthrax is being sued by a Detroit artist and businessman who claims the band is selling sweatshirts featuring his blue and white Happy Hanukkah design. Aaron Cummins claims he created the original design for the ugly Hanukkah sweater in 2012 and registered it with the U.S. Copyright Office one year later. He has since been selling the sweatshirt through his Detroit company, Wet House. Cummins claims in his lawsuit that the Anthrax Hanukkah sweater featuring his design first popped up online around past September and continues to be sold online at rockabilia.com. I saw the two comparison shots of his sweater to Anthrax's sweater. He's definitely got some legit complaints. Sure. Okay. Remind me, what does the Jewish star look like? It's the star of David. It's six points. Six points? Oh, okay. I was going to say, because the um, 
the We Care A Lot cover looks a lot blue and white. <laughs> 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 well, with eight points. No, no, no. Like, you have to see, like, there's a there's an Instagram picture on it of it, of this, of the anthrax sweater side by side with this guy's sweater. And it is really spot on. All, all it really did is it took the words Happy Hanukkah and put anthrax in its place. It's exactly what happened. So, you know. I, I, I don't know. I have the guy's looking for a million bucks. By the way, that's actually so. surprising considering that most people are like, "Oh, you have offended me. I want everything. <laughs> I want your firstborn." Yeah. Well. So. Well. Either way, Anthrax. I. I think if anything, they might be putting their name on something that they're not really sure aware yeah, of. Yeah. I mean, it's probably like you know one of their marketing people that fucked up. Yeah. And now I'm sure they're gonna get fired and. Yeah, because it looks like because like all the pictures of Scott Ian on it looks like someone gave him the Hanukkah sweater and he's like, yeah, this is great. It's like, who told yeah. you to do this? <laughs> like Scott Ian like knitted it himself, like yeah, to, you know, infringe upon this guy. Yeah, so. I yeah, I, I have a feeling it's just someone saw someone saw that shirt. There's a couple of Jewish guys in Anthrax and they said that would be hilarious. Yeah, and that's it. So basically, it's a, an overzealous marketing director. Yeah, something, more than likely. Yeah, more, more than likely. All right. Oh, that's it for uh, general news. Whoa, oh, no, I missed one. I missed one. I'm sorry. I missed one. The remaining members of Stone Temple Pilots have launched a search for a new vocalist following the band's split with Chester Bennington at the end of last year and, of course, with the passing of Scott Weiland. So this is an open call, actually. Let's let's just hope that like this whole Stone Temple Pilots thing doesn't become like a Flying Dutchman thing. Like It needs Captain... They're constantly just changing singers. Yeah. Although, I, I did like Chester Bennington in the band. I did, too. It was good. It was I did, good. too. Now that's it for general news. Now that's it for general news. So now we're going to talk about some recording news. Um, Cult of Luna and Julie Christmas, the former vocalist of Acts uh, Made Out of Babies and Battle of Mice, have collaborated on a new album entitled Mariner, which will be out on April 8th. <laughs> made out of babies? <laughs> yeah. Made out of babies. Okay, it's yeah. right. Well, anyway, silly. that's just a little bit of recording news from Cult of Luna. The next one is right up my alley here because Tesseract, who just put out Polaris in 2000, uh, September of 2015, which was my number one, um, they just put that record out, but according to the guitarist, the band will not only be releasing some new material this year, but a new album is already in the works. Quote, ideas for album four are very much underway. There's actually a couple songs written already and a mountain of ideas need to be sorted out. We'll probably have another release later this year. Not an album, but something else. Maybe some reworkings. We're playing with some ideas, and we'll definitely put something out for the summer because they're playing Download this year. So they're going to be putting something out. A lot of noodling hit the cutting room floor. Yeah. Well, these guys, they're not the noodling kind of guys. They're more the atmospheric and rhythmic. Um, a lot very of syncopation hit yeah. the floor. Yeah. Yeah. They miss a couple beats there, so they got to throw more in there. Could have included more notes right here. Yeah. Um, Ministry main man, his new project, um, Surgical Meth Machine, has inked a deal with Nuclear Blast, and their self-titled debut album is due out on April 15th. Is there any news about what kind of project this is? I have no idea. I mean, like, is, is it going to be like more industrial? Or I don't know. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't heard anything about it, so... Um, Again, right up my alley here. Periphery have returned to the studio to record their fourth full-length CD. The as-yet-untitled album will arrive early summer via Sumerian. So look for that to be a number one. Noodling will ensue in the early summer. Yes. 
Faith No More and other frontman. At all. <laughs> at all. <laughs> frontman Mike, P- Mike Patton has once again teamed up with John Kata? Kata? Anyway. With the pair set to release a new album entitled Bacteria Cult on April 1st through... Ipecac. Ipecac Records. Thank you. Uh, the pair last collaborated together on um, 2004's Romances. I mean, anything Mike Patton related, you can expect to be released on Ipecac at this point because it's his label. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah. there it is. Yeah, like everything he does it has a hand in it. It's Ipecac. Okay. Um, I don't know how to pronounce this next band. Pete? Hold on a second. Attack. It's just consonants in different areas I'm not particularly familiar with. This is... Oh god, I don't know what that is either. Uh, oh, Velertac. Yeah, that's gonna be my Velertac. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I'm gonna spell it out for you guys. It's K V E L E R T A K. Anyone listening here, if you can just kind of like put in the comments section how to pronounce that, that'd be very much appreciated. Anyway, they are currently working on their new album with producer Nick Terry in Norway, and they'll be doing a headlining run of the U.S. in April, which is probably around the same time that this album will be released. Uh, support is coming from Torch and Wild Throne. So this was a little bit of touring, a little bit of recording news for you, just in, just in case you decided to yell at me for that. And last bit of recording news, Otep will release their seventh studio album entitled Generation Doom on April 15th via Napalm. The CD was produced by Howard Benson, who has previously worked with such acts as Motorhead, Papa Roach, Three Days Grace, Flyleaf, P.O.D., and Hailstorm. I was sitting here thinking, like, man, like, seven seems so few. But I was like, they came out late 90s, early 2000s, yeah. every two years. That yeah. seems about right. But, you know, still good on that. I think the last track that I heard from them that was new was, like, three, four years ago. And it was it was strangely good. I like them. Yeah. I do. And the reason I like them is, not, I, like, I didn't get into them until I saw them live. Yeah. I saw them open up for Blood Simple and Hell Yeah. And they actually really impressed me. Especially Otep herself. I think she's a really good front woman and, you know, she actually has a lot of presence and energy. And she also does voice acting too and she happened to do a lot of the random orc sounds from the last Hobbit movie. Uh the Battle of the Five Armies, which is pretty cool. So Nerd. Okay, sorry, what? Hey, Mike <laughs> Patton also does voice acting. He was all in I Am Legend. Yeah, Mike Mike Patton also did like a lot of the zombie voices from Left For Dead. He was uh in the, in the darkness, he was in Bionic Commando. I'm just surprised that more growlers like that don't do uh, voice acting. I mean, it kind of calls for it. It's not even him being a growler. Like, if you listen to stuff he does yeah. in Left 4 Dead, it's like, what? Yeah, I, I just... He's just a silly man. Yeah. He just comes out in his voice acting. <laughs> or in Mr. Bungle. Well, yeah, <laughs> love that stuff. Okay. All right, that was it for um, recording news. So let's talk about Tory news and this first one. Uh. Oh, and everybody get a groan ready. Guns N' Roses uh, has added another North American <laughs> show to its 2016 itinerary. The quote-unquote reunited band will play Mexico City on April 19th. So that's right. Be ready for another cancellation. Or a riot. <laughs> Prepare. For nothing. Prepare. Prepare to see a great opening act. <laughs> <laughs> and that's about it. Hope that's that about $2,500 was worth it. <laughs> Def Leppard has postponed the remaining dates on his current tour to give singer Joey Elliott, Joe Elliott's uh, time to rest his vocal cords. The band wrote on its website that the concerts on its winter tour were being postponed due to illness. 
All shows from February 2nd, which was actually here in San Antonio, oh through February 17th will be rescheduled, including previously postponed dates in Greensboro, North Carolina, and Orlando, Florida. Drummer Rick, Rick Allen, he's the one who's missing the arm, uh, offered more detail on Twitter, explaining that the doctor basically said that if Joe continues to sing without resting his throat for a month, he might do permanent damage. Drummer Rick Allen also went on to say, Fucking pussy, I have one arm, and I'm a drummer. <laughs> Quote, unquote. <laughs> so if you had tickets to see Def Leppard, sorry. You lose! No. I would actually, actually kind of like to see Def Leppard just to, to see them and, and see a lot of their classic material. Yeah. Um, but like for most of their stuff, I just don't care. I can live without it. Yeah. I mean, I would like to see like them play Power Mania in its entirety and then go home. Yeah. Well, Hailstorm has announced details of a major North American headline tour. Support throughout the trek comes from special guest Dorothy. Who the fuck is and, and the legendary P- Lita Ford. Oh, wow. I almost said PETA. <laughs> I'm hungry. In addition, the tour will include stops at a number of festivals and summer radio concerts, as well as a pair of dates alongside Rom Zombie, uh, slated for May 18th uh, and May 19th. So that's pretty cool. Wait, so are, you, are, are they saying that it's going to be Hailstorm, Lita Ford, and Rob Zombie? No, I think the... I think these two dates are specifically Rob Zombie and Hailstorm. Oh, okay. And then they're also playing a couple different festivals along the line along this trek of Got tour it. dates. Got it. Here's one. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this band, but the McDonaldland slash Black Sabbath loving hybrid Max Sabbath what? will be touring this spring on the Rock Sham Shake. Tour. If they come around here, I, I, I these I, guys are guys who dress up like McDonald's characters, like the Grimace, because nothing can kill the Grimace, right. and they do play they nothing can kill the Grimace. <laughs> and they, I think they do they play Black Sabbath songs. They play in the style of Black Sabbath, singing about McDonald's. I have no idea, but you know, no matter what, I'm gonna go see this. Yeah, show. either way, yeah, you, no, no matter I'm how it, no this. matter how it works. Just imagine going to see Monkey Soup, but they're 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 dressed up as McDonald's characters. I want to see the Grimace play bass. <laughs> I want to see him play basically and then start off into NIB. <laughs> and I want to see the Hamburglar fucking rip a goddamn solo. I agree. Done. Yeah. <laughs> Done. I'm sold. 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 Nothing can kill the Grimace. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on. Confirmed bands for this year's edition of Heavy Montreal set to take place in August include... Five day finger death punch. Just... <laughs> Damn, it's too early in the show for this shit. <laughs> well, they come up a couple more times, so just prepare oh, yourself. Okay. All right, five finger death punch, disturbed, nightwish, volbeat, mastodon, breaking Benjamin, kill switch, engage, black label society, ghost, Zach Wilde. I guess he's performing. <laughs> he's doing double duty here. Blind guardian, sabaton, alter bridge, cataclysm, despised icon, carcass, fear factory, animals as leaders, Memphis may fire, suffocation, Santa Sonia, biohazard, escape the fate, and many more. Many Jesus. of those actually interest me. Yes, yeah, many of say. those. Yes, and this is I think spread over a course of a couple of days, so this is not just one one day here. Um, I mean, sabaton, ghost, yeah, yeah, yeah. This this Check is this like out. a almost like a Vakken. Yeah, this is probably yeah. the most violent event that Canada will have um, all year. Well, you haven't seen what happens during their hockey riots, but yeah, <laughs> I stand by my statement. Right, moving on, Sun have a number of scattered shows booked for the spring, including a date in Austin on April thirtieth. Oh, that might oh, be worth checking snap. out. That's oh yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, you're gonna, you're gonna come on at eight, play one note at eight oh one, eleven o'clock. <laughs> Haven't missed anything? No, they're still on the opening note. <laughs> it's just gonna be at the back of a parking garage somewhere. Like, yeah. <laughs> it is gonna vibrate for a yes. long time. <laughs> and this week's there's still a thing. American Head Charge and Motor Grader will be touring together this summer. Both bands have new releases in the works, with Motor Grader working on their new effort and American Head Charge's next album, Tango Umbrella, headed for a March 25th release. Should I know Motor Grader? Like, Motor uh, Grader, their first record featured Five Finger Death Punches, oh Ivan Moody on vocals. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think he sings for them anymore, obviously. Um, they were They were like... The 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 post two thousand Ozfest. Yeah, I, oh, I mean, I remember okay. seeing them in like two thousand three. So like the death Somewhere rows of two, new two, metal. Kind yeah, of they were they okay. were they were they were just coming on at the very end of it. Got it. Yeah. Um. Never quite never quite got the same momentum as the rest. Yeah. I think right. They came on too. And they also came on about this like their their shtick is that they're all covered in body paint, which is they looked exactly like Mudvayne and they sounded like shit. Which is, which is funny because I think they played the same year as Meshuggah and they came out in sweatpants. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I remember the fact being a thing at the Ozfest because I, when I, we went to that particular Ozfest, my buddies got the body paint, paint on them too just for fun. Like, I don't even think we watched the band. <laughs> <laughs> All right, m- moving on. Pentagram are hitting the road this spring. The band will be doing a mini tour through the South with support from uh, Mondo Drag and King Giant. And there's dates in Dallas, Houston, and Austin for us Texans over here. Yeah. I would want to go see them. Right? Why not? All right. Um, this was actually something that Pat posted on the Shred Shack Facebook page. Uh, Max and Igor Cavalera have, rele- have revealed plans to play Serpentor's Tour's classic Roots in full to celebrate his 20th anniversary this year on tour. There's no tour dates yet, and it's probably going to be under the Cavalera, Cavalera Conspiracy moniker. So... You know, a lot of these kinds of concerts where they're just playing a whole album because of its anniversary. Yeah, I mean, we just saw, um, back in November, we saw King Diamond playing Abigail right. in full. And I think and there's a couple have... more like that happening this year. Yeah. So. It's like, across, we just talked about Thin Lizzy doing that and yep. those other bands. Yeah. And Metallica did Metallica, it. Yep. Yeah. So everyone does it. I like it better when, when, when bands just play other people's entire albums, like Dream Theater. Dream Theater, yeah. <laughs> Love that. We're going to play Number of the Beast. Don't, <laughs> don't mind us. <laughs> we're going we're to play Dark Side of the Moon just because, yeah, we're Dream Theater. Listen, like, Number of the Beast is like, what, 40 minutes? We're going to be on for three fucking hours, so we can cut a spare 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Master Puppets, on it. <laughs> and owned it. <laughs> Yeah, I love it when they do that. That stuff's fucking great. Yeah, I wish more bands would do that. It's like, it's like, hey, we're gonna play someone else's shit this entire show. <laughs> <laughs> we're not a reasons. cover band. We're Dream Theater. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Okay, uh, a festival called Rockfest is back for its twenty third year. What? With a lineup including Slipknot, Hollywood Vampires, and Alice in Chains slated to headline. Um, this is happening in Cadet, Wisconsin. Who lives in Wisconsin? I don't know, but Who their cheese in Cadet, Wisconsin. Their cheese from Cadet, Wisconsin is fantastic. Uh, but this is happening in July 14th through the 16th, and this year's bill will also feature Pete's favorite band, Five Figure Death Punch, <laughs> <laughs> Breaking Benjamin, Marilyn Manson, Rise Against, Bullet for My Valentine, Skillet, Nothing More, 
Uh, Queensryche, Scott Stapp, All That Remains, In This Moment, Sick Puppies, Like a Storm, I Prevail, and a whole shit ton more. That's, that's a pretty varied little set. That is a varied set. Mm. I wouldn't go see it. Yeah. I mean, um, no. But no, it's varied. Between, between Five Finger Death Punch and Scott Stapp, like, yeah. I'm the fuck away from Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not see his review on the movie Creed? <laughs> you mean the movie about Creed? <laughs> anyway, here's for us uh, San Antonio guys. The 2016 River City Rock Fest lineup is in, and this is our big festival that happens every year. Um, I know Pete went to this last year, featured Anthrax and a couple other really big name guys. Uh, but this place, this will take place at the AT&T Center on May 29th, and it will feature Disturbed, Scorpions out of nowhere, Wow. Uh, Megadeth, Bullet for My Valentine, Hell Yeah, 6 a.m., Pop Evil, Seven Dust, POD, The Sword, Hatebreed, Texas Hippie Coalition, Devil Driver, Red Sun Rising, Avatar, and Wild Throne. Half of this excites me. Yeah. yeah. That's usually the way it goes. But yeah. Like, let's just, Scorpions and Megadeth, I'm there. Yeah. Like, I'm uh, Scorpions, I'm like, I saw them a decade ago, and they still put on a fantastic yeah. show. So and like, seven dust, can... I am so in for. The only problem with for me personally on this is that it's a Sunday, <laughs> and it's all day. Like, yeah, I mean, you're there yeah. all fucking. But day. I would love to see Hatebreed again because I love them. The sword, I've I've missed them like the last six times they came. So like, like if, if like I I wanted to kind of see Disturbed again since the last time I saw them was back around ten thousand fists. Yeah, if I were going to see them, it would probably be at something like this because I'm not going to go out of my way to see them on their own tour. Yeah, and the, and the fact is that David Draymond has been saying that they're going to be doing stuff that you've never seen before on tour. No, so. I don't give a fuck about that. I'm talking about like just like they have the Scorpions. I would like to see them again. Megadeth. I would like to see them again. This is, this is like the tour of, hey, I've seen you all before, but it'd be cool to see you again. I want to see Megadeth again because I want to see the new guitarist live and I want to see Chris Adler yeah. rocking yes. it on the kit. I, I hope that would make their live shows a little bit more exciting because, like, Megadeth doesn't do a stage show, and they're not very exciting live. Well, Mega, uh, Dave Mustaine definitely is not. No, Dave Mustaine is kind of standing. Dave Ellison, he has got some movement around there. Have we seen Megadeth with Dave Ellison? I don't think we have. Uh, no, not personally, but no. just watching, like, the uh, the Big Four DVD. Mm-hmm. So, um, because yeah, like, when we, we saw them, we the saw them twice, twice and with James did. from Iced Earth. Yeah, we we didn't get to see them because we we saw when they returned with System Has Fail. We saw yep. them twice, and I think the last time was um, was it Gigantor? It we might have them, been. We, we saw them blackmail the Universe tour at Urban Plaza, I think. And I can we, I can barely remember. And then we saw them Gigantor, yeah. and and that was still the same kind of setup. Yeah, a year later. All right. Well, the last one for touring news, and I mean, we just. Re- um, going through a lot of festival news, really, because uh, it is coming up on that time of year. Like, come like March, going into the summer, there's just nothing but festivals. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Rock and Derby Festival will take place May 20th through the 22nd. And uh, I can't even pronounce this word, but it's upstate New York. All right, here we go. Wait, wait, stop. Here's the daily lineups Friday, May 25th. Hey! That band you love, Five Finger Death Punch. <laughs> but they'll be playing with Lamb of God, Clutch, Parkway Drive, Wolf Mother, Scott Stapp, Pop Evil, Wild Throne, Red Sun Rising, and Shizm. And Scott Stapp? Oh, are you kidding me? Just like traveling together? Hold on, like, hold on a second. Here, here, wait, wait. Saturday, May 21st, A Day to Remember, Hailstorm, Chevy Metal. Uh, they say here in parentheses is Foo Fighters, etc. I think this is more of like a, a superstar jam kind of thing. Um... 
Anthrax, Extreme, Memphis May Fire, We Came as Romans, All That Remains, Thy Art is Murder, and Stray from the Path. Stray from the Path? That's that's kind of interesting. They're a Long Island band. Yeah. Uh-huh. They've been around forever. Yeah. I have like a I have like their old demo from like pre Remember this is this is way up this is up in upstate New York, so it's not that yeah, not, yeah. not much of a trip for but them. Still it's just to, to see that name still existing. And then we got on Sunday, May twenty second, Shine Down, Cody and Carabia, Megadeth, six AM, Ghost, Collective Soul, who's still a thing. Seven Dust, Dawkins, <laughs> who's still a fucking thing, Trivium, Like a Storm, and Currents. That third day sounds pretty good. I'm actually, like, of all these days, I probably would have preferred the third day, just yeah. because of Cody and Cambria, Megadeth, Seven Dust, and Ghost, and Trivium. Yeah, pretty much the whole lineup right there. Man, I wish Ghost was coming to the River City one. That yeah, that would be cool. Because right. a lot of these bands, they all seem to be playing the same festivals at the same time. Well, they're all, like, different organizers, right? But they're all, like, trying to book the bands that are on tour Yeah, I think people who are on tour like, that yeah. season, they they play all these festivals, like, as a stop on the right. tour. Speaking of bands that are on tour this season, I think Metal Church, this is, we're, again, we're recording this on Sunday the 7th, Super Bowl Sunday. Metal Church is supposed to be releasing their tour dates today. So, ah. so as of next week, we will probably be talking about this because I am super excited. Because if they don't come to San Antonio, I might murder somebody. <laughs> I pre-ordered their new album last night. So, well, well, you heard it here first. Dan will murder somebody. Yes, that's right. That's right. This is admissible as evidence. <laughs> <laughs> yep, this is not a confessional, buddy. Sorry, <laughs> but that's it for touring news. So we're gonna move on now to. Uh, your favorite part, or one of your favorite parts, heavy metal in the charts. I like this one, and I think like after this week, I'm I'm just gonna sit. We're just gonna sit here. I'm just gonna pull it up on the website. We'll just go through it and have our initial reactions as we go through it because yep. I think that'd be kind of fun. Um, but this week I actually did write it out just like I have been in the past weeks. And the number one, not the number one album, but the number one thing I came across because it was right there at the top was Megadeth Dystopia debuts at number three. That's what I'm talking. About. This is That's a good. huge number for Megadeth and metal as a whole. Yeah. I mean, even when we had that big uh, splurge of records on the charts in October, nobody, uh, no one got higher than like five. This is Megadeth. We're talking 30, 30 to 35 years in the business, rocking it at number three with a badass record. If I'm not mistaken, since I read it earlier, I think they sold, they were t- 49,000 uh, units worldwide. Uh, America. America wide. Um, I think they said that 48,000 of those were actual physical sales. Wow. That's yeah. incredible. That's, I think that's awesome. what they. I think that's what I was getting from it. Um, which is still really goddamn good. Yeah, that's amazing. So, especially considering the fact that, you know, we, we make a lot of fun of Super Collider, but this album is kind of a roaring comeback. Yes, it most certainly so is. It's great to see that, like, you know, people were not that dismayed by it because they've never been the highest selling band. No. So the fact that such a good number immediately uh, yeah. comes up, it's great. Yeah, so. big time. Huge number for metal. Um, I'm just hoping that they have the kind of staying power that um, other bands have. So they won't be off the charts like immediately. Uh, sure. It's gonna, it's gonna drop below. I'm sure it is. I'm it's sure it's gonna it drop is. below. Got your six. You know why? Because it's got their six. <laughs> anyway, so necessary. Continuing on, David Bowie update. Uh, just because it's there, Black Star, which is his last record, is at number six, down from number four, but still in the top ten. Like that's that's insane. Because yeah. that's a new record, a new record from the guy yeah. who passed away. It's not like 
one of his greatest hits and one of his or his classic albums. This is a new record. It's still at number six. I almost bought the album the other day, but it was full price. So. Yeah, it, and he's hanging <laughs> up there. He's hanging up there with the likes of Adele, uh, Panic at the Disco, and Justin Bieber. So he's hanging. Yeah. And it's awesome. Don't you ever say David Bowie and Justin Bieber in the same sentence. Unless you're going to say that David Bowie killed Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> David and Bowie's teabagging Justin Bieber. <laughs> David Bowie dressed as the Goblin King stole away Justin Bieber and it was hysterical. And no one went after him. <laughs> Continuing on with more David Bowie here. Best of Bowie is at number 14 from 7. Mm. Still in the top 20, so, though. That's Ziggy Stardust is down to 89 from 70. And nothing has changed at 145 from 63. I think that the, the fact that a new album and a best of just shows how strong of an influence David Bowie had. Absolutely. He just transcends genre. Yeah. yeah. So, um, There's an Eagles update because we, remember I reported a lot of their albums were on the charts last week after Glenn Frey died. Um, their Greatest Hits, it's literally called Their Greatest Hits from 1971 to 1975, is down to 23 from 11. Still in the top 30. The very best of the Eagles down to 32 from 28, still in the top 50, and Hell Freezes Over is at 115 from 95. Uh, well, I think we mentioned last week that we were talking about their 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 highest, highest re- yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Greatest Hits Volume Two uh-huh. because that's the cassette that I have. I realized, oh, okay. I realized that when I left home, I grabbed all of Dad's cassettes. Ah, nice. And by that I mean he gave them to me. I did not just steal. Yeah, kind of like I did with all his Stephen King books. I'm sure he's still mad about that. No, he said like he won't fucking read Stephen King, yeah. <laughs> and I think those that that's that's verbatim. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on, Disturbed, Demoralized, still on the charts. Uh, they went moved up a little bit to sixty from sixty six. Damn these guys. Yeah, they don't they they they're lingerers. Those guys. Um, the Beatles update. They only have one record on the uh, charts this week, and it's their greatest hits one, and it's down to sixty four from fifty six. Still not bad. Metallica update. Uh, Black Album is up to 79 from 88. And Justice and Master uh, close out the charts at 19, uh, 199 and 200, respectively. They're kind of like hanging on, grasping the straws. Here. Yeah. Is it the shortest straw? You beat me to it. <laughs> Damn, like, I was so close. To that. And it's been pulled for you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> God. I had to remember the name of the song. I was, I was like, was it? I wanted to try to get the song title right. God damn it. Like, God, I don't want to so like much fail on the punning here. <laughs> anyway, from out of nowhere, Black Sabbath's Paranoid re-enters the charts at a buck 29. Because there's a whole lot of news about them canceling shows. There must be. Either that or everyone's like, no, no Tony Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Hillary wants Tony Martin. <laughs> uh, Pete's favorite band. Five Figure uh, Death Punch. Got your sex. The, at 130 down from 128. The fact that they only moved two places is <laughs> unbelievable. Like, what the fuck? Pete is going to get heated about this it's, it's, until it's totally off. I just want a list of people who are still fucking streaming this shit. Like, I want to do the, like, the Jay and Silent Bob thing where we just go visit these people and like, <laughs> fucking punch them in the face for doing this. Like, why? That what is, is so good glorious. about this fucking album? Oh, two, two things. <laughs> one, you do realize that like they're going to get steadily lower on the list and then something's going to happen at one of these festivals that they're at and they're just going to bump I, right back up. I know. And two, did you see our Nightmare World review? I haven't watched it yet. Okay. No. 
the intro <laughs> involves um, Pat writing a letter to Ivan Moody going, Dear Ivan Moody, you still suck. <laughs> <laughs> Please forward to Attila and Emir. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> All right, enough about FFDP. <laughs> I would like to again point out that there are some people in this room that actually do enjoy Five Finger Death Punch. I'm one of them, actually. Yes. I do enjoy them. It's no, not, I understand. It's, it's not I mean, that. It's, it's just... It's, it's just, just such knuckle dragger shit that doesn't we, really belong on the charts for that long. We just like to make fun of. Yes, things. and now hey, it's... we make we make fun of we make fun of Metallica too, and all of our favorite bands. You right. can't you can't enjoy something without being able to tear it apart. I right? can make fun of the fact that Iron Man has released the same album for the last twenty one years, and I can say that Metallica hasn't released anything good since about <laughs> the last twenty one years. <laughs> yeah, as a matter of fact, <laughs> I was commenting last night to to Rachel while we were watching the thing on the computer. Black Album was 25 years old this year. That was the last good Metallica record. Whoa. Whoa, load? <laughs> I mean... Last good Metallica record. Okay. okay, load was not a Metallica record. Yeah. We can, we've can we discussed this before. Is it good hard rock Metallica, album? Metallica, uh. They need... <laughs> They needed to change the name for that one. Anyway. I'm, I'm telling you, Metallica hyphen, uh. Baby. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Nirvana's Nevermind is at 132 from 91. Boo. Guns and Roses. Their greatest hits is at 153, down from a whole big 152. Because there's a whole bunch of people out there who bought Guns N' Roses tickets and being like, you know what? Listen to this greatest hits album is the closest thing I'm gonna get. Pretty much, and Back in Black, still 193 from 186. Last bits of metal. You know, Back in Black is just too good to let go of. It really is. Mm-hmm. It really is. But the fact of the matter is that I can't stand. Shook me all night long. I've gotten over it. I can't um, do it. Um, what's the song? Um, Let me put my love into you. It's probably the best song, and it's the closest thing they get to like getting all melodic and stuff. <laughs> Instead of just beating over the head with the same riffs over and over again. I mean, they do. They still do that. It's fine. <laughs> uh, but that's it for heavy metal in the charts. Um, considering the fact that now like Trans Siberian Orchestra is out, there's no like really big. I, the Megadeth thing was actually pretty big. Yeah, I think that's it's, why I think huge. next week going forward, I think we're just gonna I'm just gonna scroll through the the charts and we'll just react to them as they come up. Because this is the Billboard, right? Yeah, this is Billboard okay. Top 200. Yeah. Um, if we were to go into the the course the top hard rock ones, we, you know, we th- this is just I try to do metal in the charts to see how metal our favorite type of music is doing in like yeah as a whole Correct. with music because of course. On the charts, you still have all the greatest hits from like the classic rock albums, mm-hmm. uh, Fleetwood Max up there, Journey, Queen, um, et cetera, et cetera. Then, of course, you have your hip-hop and then your pop. Got it. So <laughs> i just like to see how metal mixes in with the music as a whole. Right. So that's it for for our news, our, our overall news section. Uh, we're actually going to move into a special section now for band interviews. Um, earlier this week... Pat and Reese got to interview Zachary Stevens, formerly of Sabotage, now of Circle to Circle. Um, if you do not know about Circle to Circle, go watch our top albums of October 2015 list because I put their new album, uh, Reign of Darkness, at number two. They're awesome. They're- I actually listened to the album this week. I didn't write it down, but it was fucking amazing, yeah, right? Super good. Yes. Um, 
they are they are great and the new album's amazing. Um Zachary Stevens is a great singer. But Pat and Reese got the chance to interview Zachary Stevens, the singer, uh, this past week, door, uh, just prior to doing the live show. Um, and we are going to be posting the entire interview, or as Pat has edited it, edited it um, here on the show. So let's kind of go into that. It's Pat and Reese interviewing Zachary Stevens, Circle to Circle, formerly of Sabotage. <laughs> Okay, 89.7 FM, IWCWP.org. Pat and Reese here from the Shred Shack, and we are talking with Zach Stevens from Circle to Circle. Man, how you doing? Good. How you guys doing? Doing good, man. First of all, what are you up to right now? Because I know that you have had a busy as hell past couple of months. Yeah, um, well, I'm, you know, just relaxing a little bit. I'm actually out in uh, visiting out in Nevada, thinking about moving out here at some point. I was just, you know telling you guys off air how cold it is here. It's like 20 at night and like 40 in the daytime, and they had a big front. It doesn't rain a lot, so we had like all this rain come through, and it was a front, but it was a cold front, and it was like boom. (laughs) After that, it was like crazy. But a lot of stuff to do out here, just kind of scratching the surface and stuff, so that's what I'm hanging out right now. But, um, yeah, you know, we had the TSO tour and some sabotage reunion stuff happening in the late summer last year, and – that was along with TSO as well. So, and now we got the Circle to Circle, uh, you know, the record that came out in October. And we're getting ready to tour on it uh, for the Reign of Darkness album. You know, coming up in Europe, we got a tour coming up um, late April into about mid-May in Europe, and I'll be able to go over and make an appearance in uh, Tel Aviv, Israel. Actually, I've never played there before, but they they're going to bring me out and do a festival out there called Titans of Metal. Oh wow! wow. Um, and sing some stuff from sabotage and circle to circle so you know it's been good it's been nice to be really busy and uh it's been a good year yeah when did tso wrap up its tour because i know that uh you probably need to find some time to sleep eventually well yeah it wrapped up december 30th so i've had plenty of time now it's been a good month since the tour and everything then uh i don't know i mean like it was kind of strange. I I get the flu shot like every year for like 15 years, and I usually don't ever have any problem. I can't even remember the last time I had anything. All of a sudden, about you know 10 days later, I I started like like coughing and feeling like something was a little bit strange. Turns out I got some kind of European flu that's new over here and um, is affecting a bunch of people, and it lasts like two or three weeks. It has an upper respiratory infection, um, double ear infection, along Ooh. with it, a bunch of headaches and all kind of crap. So, uh, of course, I get unlucky and get that, but at least it was off the tour time because this thing would have really – it didn't really mess with my voice that much, maybe one day of the whole thing, but still. And if you're a singer, I'd imagine an ear infection just plays hell with your equilibrium oh, yeah. like crazy. Oh, yeah, especially out here because the elevation is so high compared to you know where I'm used to being – it's about four or five thousand feet, and went down to Nam, you know, to the Nam show in L.A. And I left South Carolina about two days before that, flew out to Nevada, and then you know made the drive to L.A. So as you're coming through those elevations, I was it was driving me insane. My ears were just pow pow, <laughs> making all kind of noises, and I'm like, I don't get it. But it was the beginning, and I didn't know what was to come. Going past the ear thing, then, you can look back on what actually happened last yeah. year. And uh, t- tell us about the Vakken show. What was it like to be on stage with Sabotage after all that time? Oh, it was amazing. You know, it's like 14 years. It was kind of a one shot, of course. You know, you had that one shot to get everything down. And we did about three weeks of rehearsals in Florida and had to kind of emulate in a big building 
what it was going to be like on the two stages. So we got into a giant convention building on the fairgrounds, state, uh, state fair, Florida State Fairgrounds, and then um, kind of marked everything off to try to simulate the distance 100 feet or so between stages and get an idea of what it was going to be like. And, of course, you had to go with the fiber optic, you know, wiring because, you know, traditional wiring you would have signal loss in a little bit, you know, and even a little bit can throw everything off. Yeah, so we right. had to use the high technology to make sure that everybody's got the right stuff, you know, in their ears and right on time. Well, not only that, but they film every Vakken now. So it's it's got to be perfect for replay's sake. Exactly. Plus, we had a couple of other networks filming for maybe possible future DVD reasons or whatever, you know, if they decide to do that later and a lot of professional a lot of professional filming going on. So, yeah, everything had to be spot on. So we figured that part out, and it was just really interesting, you know, to try to be playing in a auditorium, a big, you know, like big steel building and, like, saying, hmm, this has, you know, you, this is really going to be Vakken. So we, you kind of keep it in your head what it feels like. I mean, luckily, Sabotage has played Vakken before, and I've done it a couple of times in Circle to Circle, so I was kind of used to the stage size and everything. Mm-hmm. So that helped, but there was a lot of people – that you know the younger kids and TSO that had never performed on the big stage at Vakken, so they, you know, we had to just make sure we filled everybody in on what to expect like that. But we had a lot of veterans, and we just kind of took it upon ourselves to be the musical foundation, like you know, showing and the kids the ropes. We yeah, exactly. So we we said it's going to be a lot easier for the sabotage guys to just be you know the anchor. So that if there's any questions on how to perform a piece or a note here or there or exactly how we're going to perform the stuff when we the stuff that we perform together with TSO, we're the ones to come, and it's easier just to come to us and say, hey, what was that? Or, you know, and that made it a lot easier. You know, plus we wanted to be in a leadership position anyway because we go back the, to, to all the way to the beginning, <laughs> you know, of what became TSO and everything. So it seems appropriate. So it was a good attitude, and uh, you know, me and John Oliva got together before, you know. Even in April, you know, in the months leading up before it, we just said, hey, let's just take it on ourselves. Let's be the leaders and uh, put some goodwill out there and make it fun for everybody. So me and John kind of just had a little pact from the very beginning. <laughs> let's go do this, man. We'll, we can take care of anything. A few months ago, you said that Sabotage was definitely going to continue with something in the future. Any updates or sneak peeks on that? Uh, we won't tell anybody. We yeah, we're not that. broadcasting this or anything. <laughs> well... There's nothing. I don't know of anything in particular in stone. They do it the right way. I mean, even when it came to Vakken, you know, when they made the announcement of Vakken, we really didn't know about it beforehand. So it was like, oh my God, what's all that about? You know. It's kind but of in a order surprise. To do it right, <laughs> you know, in order to really do it right, they have a certain plan for that. So I definitely feel the same way, um, especially after talking to John. And I think that the same kind of stuff is brewing. It's just that I, you know. We don't. I don't have anything solid as like, oh, it's going to be this and this and where it's going to take place. We've all had little conversations about what we can speculate on and what we thought would be cool. So we just have to see where that lands. But I'm still very confident in all of it. Well, circle to circle, let's get to this because the album Reign of Darkness came out in October and it's awesome. Dan and Chris, who run our podcast for this show down in Texas, they put this in their top three releases from last October. Uh, has the album gotten a similar response from pretty much everyone else from what you've seen so far? I appreciate that. And... Um, you know, we've been lucky to have some great responses from it pretty much across the board. I mean, uh, we wanted to, you know, do we always try to do something different, really try to think outside the box every time. I mean, you know, we're in a jar of music that people think, well, you can only do so much with this. But 
you know, we really try to stretch it when we can. So we just wanted to come out with something that was going to be different, but yet still reflected what we do and try to be recognizable. You know, we, it's a kind of a careful balance when you really want to try to keep things fresh, but still, you know, be like, oh, that's actually circle to circle right there. So we try to keep that in mind and try not to be unrecognizable, but it seemed like we did an okay job on that. People definitely recognize it as the band. And we did some stuff that we can really um, take advantage of in the future with this uh, sound, um, the direction of the writing. We got a lot more guys involved in the writing uh, than we ever have before, and I think that gives us a lot of creativity that that we didn't get to tap into before. And it also, we still have a lot of good ways to go with that too. We got a lot of stuff from from a lot of the guys that we couldn't even fit on this record. So we're pretty excited about the future too. We feel like we've kind of just barely scratched the surface on that. It's been real exciting to, you know, to come into record number seven and still, you know, have a great response. And I mean, we started the year number one and the rock and metal on CMJ. That was exciting because we have a couple of firsts going on and, you know, you got to be pretty happy about that. With this album, you were trying to keep a classic sound but also try something new. Was it hard to strike that balance without leaning too far into one or the other? Well, we have the guys in the band, everybody right now. We probably had two or three guys in the past. Um, we expanded out last album with maybe the four. Now we've got six plus some friends of ours on the outside consulting, um, such as our friend Mark Pattison. He's just a good friend of Christian's, and he loves to record and everything out there. And He actually went with us and filled in with us on a little European tour. So it's like, hey, now we not only have all the guys getting real busy, we even have, we will, we will enlist help from the outside, <laughs> you know, who are good friends and who share similar, um, you know, writing style and, and a similar love for this kind of, you know, music, so. Wasn't that the plot of the Magnificent Seven? (laughs) (laughs) I think so. All right, we're going to to do this. We need to bring in the best guns that we possibly can. (laughs) Exactly. I think it's exactly the same. I mean, that's really the kind of the way we're thinking these days. It's like, hey, we're not going to limit, you know, ourselves, and let's have the best um, artillery, you know, possible, and, you know, even maybe some secret weapons. I mean, we got a couple of secret weapons we're going to bring out for next time. I'll I'll let you in on that, but... uh, we, we're going to try to do one better every time. Oh, nice. Let um, the speculation begin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we're going to um, – the, the formula that we got going now has been really good. So, of course, we're going to tap into that and just try to, you know, have a couple of other secret weapons that we can bring out, you know, because with every challenge, you got to go better. you got to go bigger and better next time. That's the big challenge, you know. The balance thing was pretty natural. We're just, you know, I think the attitude is really good out there that we're just going to try to tap everybody's brain and get the best thing we can. All right, we had a couple of questions from some fans who wanted to know some stuff. First of all, someone wanted to know, uh, are you guys planning on for Circle to Circle's albums including any more vocal canon material, kind of like Sabotage's stuff with like Wake of Magellan or Chance? Um, on the future records? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's always going to be something that we're going to tap into. We, and actually, on Reign of Darkness, we really only had it in a um, one little section, and let me think, that would be uh, Deep Within. We have a little bit of a canon, but it really only involves two parts this time. I, mean, I don't know if you caught that. It gets into it, but I, but we didn't take it that far this time. So you can probably bet that next time you're going to hear a more extensive canon or what we call counterpoint melodies or counterpoint vocal part uh, on the next album. So I'd say definitely, yeah. All of the uh, Circle to Circle albums have a pretty consistent release schedule, one every two or three years. So do you uh, have trouble getting enough material between albums? Um, no, 
we they it really comes pretty quick, especially these days. We having all the uh, hands on deck, you know, involved in the writing process. So we really already have material for the next one already building up, and it's way too early. Um, so we will not have a problem with uh, amassing material. I think the bigger problem is kind of like finding out which ones will uh, will make the final cut um, and that weeding out process. I mean, I'd rather have that problem. That's kind of a good problem to have rather than, uh, you know, oh, we need to get even a few more songs to, to be able to make an album. <laughs> so now we got the big problem of we're going to have to cut like maybe six or seven probably or something like that. But. You know, that's good. We won't have any problem with uh, getting the material. It's always good to have more than less. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's our problem these days, which is a lot better than we can say that happened in the past sometimes. <laughs> All right. Uh, our buddy Dan, who d- does the podcast down in Texas, would like to know if there's going to be a U.S. tour. And just to let everyone know that there will be an endless sea of hell to pay if you guys don't make a stop in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I can agree with him on that. Um <laughs> I will actually lead the charge of Posse <laughs> to come get us. That so. might actually be more interesting to watch than the show. Just, <laughs> Attack oh. yourself and go. Ah! <laughs> Here's the deal. We have about three different packages we're looking at right now, so things are looking really good. Uh, we're going to land on one of them, and we're going to go out and do a tour in the States probably late summertime or summer, you know summertime at some point. The tour in Europe goes to the middle of May, so probably get home and maybe a month later and we probably should be able to announce something so we're really looking forward to that and i'm I'm definitely texas will be on the you know on the map we've been wanting to play there for years now so that's one of the first places we're going to put on it so i don't you know i don't think dan's got too much to worry about (laughs) i'll have more to worry about if we don't get there i know that (laughs) (laughs) all right so uh final question what is next for circle to circle well we're going to do as much touring as we can on this one uh states europe Make a few. I'm going to make a few appearances myself and try to open up a few other um, territories. I'm going to Peru and doing a festival there, and again, the uh, Titans of Rock in Israel. And we're going to try to open up even more places for us to go, but um, we're going to you know, work this record. There's a lot of work to do. Uh, we we're really looking forward to playing the songs live. It's going to be a really cool, different thing for us, you know, and I'm really looking forward to playing them. And we've already got material started for another one. I'm like, hey, uh, we got to uh, work this one already. Um, but it's always good, and uh, you can look forward to some more stuff from us. Cannot wait. Awesome, man. Thank you very much. Uh, Circle to Circle's album, Reign of Darkness, is out right now. Before you go, though, I want to know if you could help us out. We always do this with every guest that we have on the show. Uh, just answer these questions as quickly as possible. We're just going to play a little lightning round here. So, okay. All right. Ready, set, go. Chicken or steak? Chicken. Boxers or briefs? Briefs. Black Sabbath, Dio or Ozzy? Dio. Who would win in an arm wrestling match, Lemmy or God? Uh, Lemmy. And Circle to Circle is stuck on a desert island. Who is the first band member eaten? (laughs) (laughs) I would have to say Marcelo. He's got some... It looks like he's got some fat, juicy steaks in there somewhere. <laughs> I like that you took a second to pause and think about it. Yep. Hmm. <laughs> There's always a method to the madness, and that's why we love that question. Yep. <laughs> that's great. Zach Stevens, thank you so much for giving us some time to talk to us. We really do appreciate it. Thank you so much, Pat and Race. I appreciate it, and uh, look forward to talking to you again sometime in the near future. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> 
So that was Pat and Reese's interview with Zachary Stevens of Circle to Circle and uh, formerly of Sabotage. With that, let's move on to our social media highlight. Chris, start nope. our social media highlight. Well, I just have to call out Dan here because yeah. he came at he came at us with an idea uh, that this week we released our we saw we saw a show video, which is um, the Homegrown Heroes here in San Antonio, and there was a couple bands that we either didn't pay enough attention to at the show or we missed uh, entirely. And he said, "Well, there's three bands. Each one of us pick one. We'll cover them in our social media highlight this week." I said, "That's a great idea. Here we go." And Dan comes here. Dropping the ball. I know he's a busy man and everything, but dude, if you throw something out there like that, you gotta follow through. Yeah, man. Here's, here's, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go home. I'm going to put on my flash drive the file that um, gets us our video editing software. I'm gonna bring it over here, <laughs> drop it on your lap, and I'm gonna let you figure it out from there. Right? <laughs> Not even anything else as far as installing. Staying the fuck offline because, hey, spoiler alert. He's getting all heated over here. I'm just busting his balls. It's not not legal. Um, But you can edit it yourself. (laughs) And after that, uh, suck my dick. Busting his balls. He's getting heated over here. But no, no, but no. What I I decided um, after the fact that we didn't, um, we missed the last two bands of our Homegrown Hero show this past, uh, last week now. It's been a week now. Uh, we missed the last two bands of that show, and we kind of we were there for another band, but we kind of, we weren't paying enough attention because of the fact that we were talking to a buddy of ours. Uh, we decided that we should still give them credit where it's due, and discuss them as our um, as our social media highlight. So we split the three bands up, and unfortunately, I did not do my my studying, but you guys did. So we're gonna let you guys yep. discuss first with the one the one of the bands that we actually didn't see. Yep. So. Yeah, um, first one up is Lifelike. And I was intrigued by them just because I liked the fact that one of their shirts had Heisenberg on it from Breaking Bad. Um, but from their Facebook page, they are a four-piece alternative rock band that combines the elements of metal, pop punk, and rock. All of this is true. They have some heavy but not too technical riffs, some harsh vocals, and clean choruses, which I didn't really expect considering that some of the their listed influences include Linkin Park, Blink-182, Rage Against the Machine, and Lifehouse. actually really enjoyed this because it sounds like stuff I listened to about 10 years ago but with more of like a modern edge to it um like I said it's harsh harsh verses harsh verses harsh verses harsh verses <laughs> I just sound like Sean Connery there for a second <laughs> <laughs> harsh verses clean choruses heavy riffs I'm I was totally into it um I kind of wish we stuck around for them because 
the comments that we got on our video was that uh, we should have stuck around for Lifelike. Um, that we missed, a, we missed a pretty good set from them. So um, their songs are available for streaming on YouTube. You can check them out on Facebook.com slash We Are Lifelike. And they are also on Instagram and Twitter at We Are Lifelike. Uh, so a couple of things. So I was charged by Dan to review. <laughs> <laughs> Busting balls to review. <laughs> to review uh, Black Rose Garden, who we were there for, but unfortunately we were caught up in some conversations with other bandmates and things like that, so we didn't really get to hear them. guys as far as i could tell and if anyone can correct me on this like they didn't seem to have actually much of a social media presence they actually as far as i could tell they only had a facebook profile which you can find if you search for uh black rose garden san antonio and they also uh the lead singer pablo ortega has a youtube channel where he posts uh videos of the band and that's where i actually went to go listen to them because i don't think they have a band camp page i don't think they have an ep released um so I wasn't able to uh, to check them out in any other format. Um, that being said, the YouTube quality, of, I mean, the video quality of those YouTube videos wasn't the best. It was very rough around the edges. So I'm trying to go into this, you know, and be as fair as possible and give them um, and do justice to, to what they put out, you know. That being said, I'm probably not the best person to review this because, <laughs> like you said, you know, this is... I guess one thing that I was really surprised by that show was just how much of a following there is for that kind of hard rock slash new metal that's in that vein from like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's a lot of those bands had that sound. Black Rose Garden is very much the same thing. This is hard rock slash new metal in the vein of Puddle of Mud, Edema, and P.O.D. Um, not my cup of tea, but... You know, that being said, I put all that aside and I just tried to listen to them and just, you know, take them for what they what they were. And, you know, and what I heard, they're pretty they're actually really competent musicians. Like they are they play very heavy. They 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 know what their fans want. Um, I'd say that lyrically it could be a little simplistic at time. But the, the more that I thought about it, like. I know we gave like fixed it a lot of shit last time too mm-hmm. for you know what they were, but the thing is like these are all local bands. These are all you know people just trying to kind of make it, make it starting out, trying to make it, and you know we, they deserve our support. You know what I mean? I'll say this I, for what from what I heard for the, the the tracks that were available on YouTube, it sounded pretty good. They have a lot of potential, um, and you know the only way that these bands are. The, the, these bands will get better as they perform these kinds of shows, as they go out and they tour more. And listen, if they, when they do release an EP, if they have their stuff posted online, I'd be, will, I'd be more than willing to go listen to it and give it another, another try and see like what it really is supposed to sound like. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely, if any of these bands are playing again, I say we should just go support them. You know what I mean? 
So they didn't have like there wasn't any indication that there was a an EP or any sort of. Well, see, that's the release. thing because I can't remember from the show if they said that they had like a merch table like of stuff recorded because on their Facebook page it said that they were still working on getting an EP released mm-hmm. and they didn't have any kind of like tracks available in a digital format as far as I can uh, saw. So again, if anyone can correct me on that, I'd be more than happy to go check it out. I do I do remember the little bits that I did here. Again, I said this in the video. Chris said this in the video better than I did. Uh it just they they sounded really good, but a lot of times when when bands like when you when you don't know a band when you're walking into it, um you want to hear what their studio stuff sounds like. Right. It could sound completely mm-hmm. different. We said the same thing with uh SA Territories. Yeah. You yeah. Know, we say like, "Oh man, like live vocals we weren't so keen on in the in the studio they were a little bit better." Um, and I feel like sometimes like a band will benefit from that kind of studio sound and uh, hopefully if they'll get something out soon. Absolutely. And I mean, there's got to be something to their music because they have a pretty dedicated following of fans that were even present at that show. Yeah, there, there was a lot of there was a lot of uh, Black Rose Garden T-shirts yeah. in the crowd there. What I, what I do like, though, is that like even after like the commercial decline of alternative metal, there's still a lot of of local bands that will still play it and yeah. still I think that's because people are being inspired by the fact that that's all that's played on the rock station here in San Antonio I'd say that's a fair because um, there's there's not a, a big <clears throat> presence of heavy metal or or like a little bit more heavier stuff on the radio here in San Antonio I mean we have we have 99.5 99.5 Kiss FM which is pretty much playing the same set list that they've been playing since 1994 Correct. There God, you been... sound like dad. I'm sorry, but it <laughs> no, is he's true. 100 percent right. It's no, true. Because, Someone... because our dad's talking about our, our talking about BAB, and which is basically the Eagle down here, which mm-hmm. like literally it's the same thing because of the fact that Fingers does both radio stations. Yeah. Um, but he's like, yeah, they haven't changed their set list since 1975. They're still playing vinyl and shit. Well, <laughs> well, seriously, they might still have the same cracked CD cases that I have right now. Um, rocking it because honestly. I've listened to that station, and I can set my clock to the to the songs that they play. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. in the I'm in the van when I I'm, I work part time at an after school program. I pick up kids, and I go listen to uh, 95, 99.5 Kiss on the way to pick up the kids, and it's the same songs, the yeah. same time of day, every day. It usually goes Nirvana, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Stone Temple Pilots, Pearl Jam, maybe Metallica if you're lucky, then repeats. And then if they do a Pantera song, it's always Planet Caravan. It's never anything that they've actually written or recorded themselves. Um, I mean, the heaviest thing I've heard, Metallica, and that's pretty bad because considering that there's a lot more heavier stuff out there. Yeah. Um, and again, they don't think they they play anything past like 2002. Nope. So I mean, anyway, that's that's the stuff that's on the radio right now. That's probably stuff that people are being inspired by to play down here because that's what's available. Mm-hmm. It's not. People like if this is what people are listening to on the radio, this is what people want to hear. So we gotta do stuff like that to get people to listen to us. It's, it's the vein I get. Um, but still, I want to check out. What was it? Requiem Rust or Rust Requiem? Requiem Rust. They're an industrial metal band. I looked them up. They had some weird ass shit. Apparently, the one of the members of the band is a is a skinny chick. I saw her walking around. Apparently she shoots fire from her cooch. Oh, is she the one in the armor or something? No, no she, she was the one, the one she... shooting fire from her cooch. No, she was the one with the <laughs> ridiculous like dreadlocks, and she was like really skinny, and she was wearing like really short shorts, but boots like taller than she was. 
Where was I for this show? She was by, she's in the back by the bar. Yeah, because I think she came and talked to Monkey she, Soup at some I point. I think she right? was hanging out with the guys who like had all the, the black face paint on. Those are the members of the band, too, I think. Oh, so that's who that was. Yeah, okay. they're, yeah okay. they're, I think they're an industrial metal band. I like how you catch this when I catch the guy who looks like fucking Goku. From <laughs> uh, that was Naruto. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Correction, <laughs> motherfucker. Oh, I'm sorry, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Correction, motherfucker. <laughs> Oh my God. Surprise, motherfucker! This show Surprise, is taking a turn for the worse. <laughs> oh my gosh, nerd! <laughs> That's this whole side of the the room here, buddy. <laughs> like, I'm not a nerd on that end, but I got the whole Hobbit thing even, going on. I just happened to recognize that stupid headband that that guy was wearing. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, but I'm, I'm looking. For, I want. I'm interested in seeing them because I, I think also um, Craig from Monkey Soup mentioned on his Facebook page that they that they stayed up to watch the show and it was something something ridiculous if, so. if you go on to I, I I think it was their SoundCloud or Spotify like the pictures they show they have they have a weird presence I think I think there was I think one picture I saw was like that some guy had like a circular saw and he was making sparks fly yeah, or something, just, like, something some, ridiculous some weird shit uh, but that was my social media highlight that I have to cover next week <laughs> <laughs> which thankfully the only video that I really have to pay attention to this week is the top three so uh by the way, we're we're doing the top three after this show. Yeah. But uh Yeah, see that's what I'm yeah, talking about. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. But that's neither here nor there. Um we're gonna move along to our discussion part now that we said that local bands, no matter what genre they do, deserve our attention. Absolutely. We're gonna talk about our discussion here, which is local bands from the nineteen eighties that <laughs> whether or not they deserve our attention now. So I have not actually looked at Anything involving this list, as I usually prefer to kind of give a visceral response. Yeah. Um, so, well, give a little. Uh, a little here. background here is that there was a poll that Metal Sucks issued last week, um, actually just February second, um, and their question was, which metal band that rose to prominence in the 1980s is making the best music today? When you start the list, start from the bottom. Start from the bottom. Start from the bottom. Oh, they're they're um they're in alphabetical order here, so we're coming from the end of the alphabet going up to oh, A. Oh, 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 never mind then. I, th I thought they were saying like the lowest scoring straight up. Well, if I voted, they would, uh, but I haven't voted, okay, and cool. I'm just going to go through. They're listed alphabetically. All right, then, then then go from A to Z. Then. Okay, all right. The first one up is Annihilator. Annihilator. They they released an album a few months ago and it was fucking awesome. Yeah, um, I don't. I'm not very familiar with them at all. I did not check out that album. So, so are they relevant today, Dan? They are they making best music? Are they making? They, they the best still music? they still make great music. They haven't changed. So they they're still making. They're, they're still Annihilator. Cool. I mean, they were never really like a, a huge band. They were never like fully commercially successful, but they are still sticking to their guns. So. Yeah. Good on them, then. Good on them. Next up is Anthrax, and I have to say that they are making some damn good music today. There's... I will tell you that in two weeks. Three weeks. Three weeks. Oh, when they release... When I hear For All Kings, and I go... Uh, yeah. I mean, okay, fair enough, but I still say they're very much relevant, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, the fact that they can still get on stage and... That's just, right, you saw them last yeah, year. just fucking bring that house down. I mean, that's incredible. So, if they yeah. Can, if they can take worship music and step it up, relevancy is... I was, just, I was actually just happy for them to come back with worship music. Because mm -hmm. what was before that? It was uh, We Come For You All, right? We Come For You All. Which is a great record. Of course, then 
John Bush left the band or they pushed him out or whatever it was. Dan Nelson came in as the new singer. That failed. And they brought in Joey Belladonna back. And just to have that be their, their return album, mm-hmm. I thought it was spectacular. I think it was I think it was more so a matter of like they released We've Come For You All. They toured behind it. They got Joey Belladonna back for a reunion thing. Right. And then for some reason that carried on and they pushed John Bush out. Which, like, I still feel like they're still in many ways writing for John Bush. Some of it sounds like it, yes. Some of it so- does sound like it. They're probably probably more of his tone of voice than anything like that because Joey Belladonna can't really hit the high notes anymore. He can't hit the high notes, but he hits lower notes, which are more in line John with John Bush, Bush yeah. which makes it easier for the band to continue writing as they but were. But I think, I think they kind of strayed away a little bit from like the new metal sound that they were kind of going with with John Bush or a little bit more of the straight-up rock sound, and they, yeah. they are going back to more of a thrashy sound mm-hmm. with worship music. And if that, like you said, if that carries on and gets stepped up a notch in, uh, what's it, the album called again? For All Kings. For All Kings. I mean, hell yeah. yeah. Can't yeah, like, wait. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping for great things with this new album. Yeah. Period. So, because so, the first single that came out, I really enjoyed. Yeah. So, if it's any indication of what the album's going to sound like, we're in for something special coming up real soon. Even, like, my favorite album, my favorite song on the the last album was Devil You Know. That's a great song. If you made song. an entire album of just songs like that, I'd be cool. I liked In The End. That was my favorite track. A little slow moving, but, like, like the, 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 the their first single... It was a big the, chorus. Their first single from the last album was uh, Fat Em Till You Can't. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I, I feel you're trying to get the, the thrash vibe, but you're not quite getting it. So stick with the melodic vibe because mm-hmm. you're doing that pretty goddamn well. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, next up on the list is Anvil, uh, and I hate to say, um, but no, 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 relevant only in a humorous kind of way. Yeah, I, I think like, I think people still pay attention because of the of the documentary. Wasn't there a, an article recently about the documentary where one of the members said like, yeah, we haven't had any sort of like interest peak because of it, like. Like there was after the documentary, there was no sudden surge of interest in Anvil. There was just the same amount of like. Concern. I think there was because I I never heard of Anvil until I heard about the documentary. You're one guy, <laughs> and I think there's a whole lot of people in my in my generation that are probably the same because they were huge with metal on metal, with like the same time that Metallica was coming out, mm-hmm. and anything since then, like as anything was was anything as popular as that. Since then, I, I think my favorite thing about Anvil is the fact that they wrote a metal song about masturbation called Five Knuckle Shuffle. We needed that. Thank you guys. <laughs> I mean, I, I think they really do come up as like a joke band, but which is kind of sad because actually I do have one Anvil record that I bought used. It's actually really good. They cause, because they they are a legitimate band, but it seems like you know after the the documentary and stuff, they they still kind of are viewed as. Kind of a little bit of jokey. a joke, yeah. So, which which is a shame because they are, you know, they are a decent metal band. And the thing is that the thing is, this question is, is like, are they releasing the best? Who is releasing the best music today out of all these bands? And I really don't think Anvil has those kind of chops to keep up with, um, like a band like Anthrax right now. No. Yeah, unfortunately, like their stuff is a little forgettable. Yeah, and it, it, the, I think one of the things is that Lips is not exactly a great singer. Like. Well, a lot of metal vocalists are not great singers, but well, the thing is, I, I just sometimes the vocals just bother me. When, with when him. you don't have when you don't have a voice like, again, you don't have a voice like the Hetfield or Mustaine. Yeah. So like, 
I, I will still attest to this day that of, of like thrash metal and, and a lot of 80s metal, Dave Mustaine has a voice that kind of transcends. Well, he has a very unique voice, that is for sure. That, that, That's true. Yeah, and, and, and it sounds still interesting to this day. Well, fortunately enough, I think there's an article I didn't get to read it that he mentioned that there was a change into his vocal styles. Yeah, I, and one of the first things I mentioned, I, I remember hearing about when they changed, when his voice changed, it was a couple of years ago where they finally played up to the fact that he can't sing in his higher register and they down tune the songs yeah. by a half step. And I think this whole dystopia album is recorded in that tuning, yeah. which makes the song sound heavier and makes his voice sound better. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Which also, he had to sit there and attest to the fact that he did not hit puberty until he was 45. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up on the list is Death Angel. Whoa. Oh, yes. Yeah. That, 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 it, where are they on this list? Like, how many percentage? You know what? I'm going to vote for somebody. I'm going to put on. The, I'm going to put it up there. So. You vote for Iron Maiden, it won't, like... <laughs> <laughs> Poser. <laughs> wow, Death Angel is really low. That sucks because, you know. Well, the thing I, you, gotta, you gotta understand though is that I, because I posted, I, I now voted, um, the Iron Maiden. Let's just get to Iron Maiden right now. Okay. Iron Maiden has thirty five percent of the votes. Uh, and what's the next one down? Anthrax at fourteen. All right, hang on to that. We'll we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but Death Angel, um, you know, I, I I feel like because Death Angel came back in 2004 with Art of Dying. I think it was 2004. Um, people forget that, like, they were an extremely young band in the 90s. They came out with some really great tracks and then went away for a while. I think there's also, they kind of got buried in that whole San Francisco thrash um, vibe there because there were so many other bands. But they were, they were, they were post, they were post that scene, which is, a weird saying um, <laughs> because like they didn't come to prominence until the 90s Bay, like 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 San Francisco Bay Area California thrash was already hitting its stride and becoming commercialized by that time mm-hmm. they were they were hitting their they were starting off and hitting their stride 88 89 90 91 mm-hmm. and then they they went away for a while but like these guys when they started off they were young like 17 18 i think the youngest member was like maybe the drummer at 14, 15 when they really started. Uh-huh. And the fact that like they had a time off, they came back and they were better than ever. Yeah. I and mean, they are now. I've than seen ever. them live a couple of times. They are incredible. And the last record, uh, the dream calls for blood. Mm. Holy fuck. Yeah. Like if they are not more widely regarded, they need to be. And that is a simple truth because they have improved so much especially in the last decade from the when they came back to now again dream calls for blood amazing yeah anything even like their older stuff when they were kids they were still sounding really good they still had it on point for for you know late teens yeah when they play the old stuff now it's just there's just a mature yeah just a little bit more mature of a band or a lot more mature of a band cuz you know it's been 30 years yeah but just playing the, the same Ferocity that they had when they were sixteen, seventeen, and oh, hungry. Oh, there's there's significantly more ferocity now. Yeah, than it it's was then. super good. Like they had thrash then, they are thrashing the fuck now. Yeah. So so Death Angel, I think, deserves to be a little bit higher on that. Most certainly. I just went back to the. Uh, I just refreshed, so I'm back in alphabetical order now. Um, next up is Exodus. Woo. Hard to say because of the fact that this, they've consistently released phenomenal material right right you know but, again i'm not as familiar with exodus as i would like to be but mm-hmm. man like, but dude 
I when when we saw them. Oh my god! At the House Core Horror Festival. Oh my god! I was blown away. Yeah, we, I I you know I've seen Exodus when Rob Dukes was in the band is a long time ago. When we saw Megadeth. Yeah, when we saw Megadeth and Steve Zetrazuzo just recently came back into the band, and he blew me the fuck away. That band was fucking fierce. Um, and it's, it's, it was kind of refreshing to, to see just that amount of energy and ferocity and technical playing coming from a band that's been doing it for so long. And God damn it. Did they have, they released a new record with Zetro? They did, didn't they? With Zetro? Yeah. Well, it was something, something fairly recently in like yeah. the last year or two, but so not I, since we started this podcast. Yeah. Definitely got to get back and listen to that shit but they they've just they've consistently been good it's just that they are continuing it now and like they, it seems like with all the pieces in a good place there's nothing stopping them right now yep so next up is Iron Maiden pass <laughs> I mean <laughs> that's almost not fair like it like, I think they, know, like, again remember the question is which of these bands is making the best music today and right now, Iron Man holds the top spot by 20% with 35% of the votes. I, I'm not sure how to take that, though. Because, again, we're talking about Book of Souls, which is, like, very widely critically acclaimed, which is kind of surprising considering the fact that, yes, they've been still been around. They've been making a lot of shows and everything. People have been a little lukewarm to their albums. Um, even comeback albums, he has like, yes, great. Bruce Dickinson came back on Brave New World. There was still a lukewarm response because a lot of people felt it was leftovers from Blaze Bailey. Mm-hmm. But the fact that people still feel very, very strongly about their material, I think that's... And this sense. is Metal Sucks readers who are doing this poll. And yeah. If you've ever read their comment section, oh, yeah. it is fucking atrocious. <laughs> so are some cynical, jaded motherfuckers. Yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a whole lot of keyboard warriors on this website. And the fact is that they got that large of a percentage of the vote for making better music today than all these other bands is is really something to take note of so especially considering some of the other bands that come up later on the list where you probably think that that particular readers of this website would vote more for Mm -hmm. like i was thinking like like exodus or death angel might have been higher than iron maiden just based on the readership alone Mm -hmm. yeah i i will always say like Iron Maiden is the ideal metal band in my mind. I will always give credit to anybody who will uh, state their faults because there are plenty. But, I mean, honestly, can you really think of a band that has done their career that much better as far as metal goes? No. So I am I, always willing to kind of raise my fist and say, yeah, Iron Maiden kicks ass. So and, what's, uh, what's next? Next up, uh, Creator. Yeah, <laughs> I got no, I, I got nothing. I have no background with creator. I, I, I think, from what I understand, creator kind of like went a little bit more. Um, I don't want to say commercial, but a little bit different in their sound in the '90s, maybe a little more industrial. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, Violent Revolution came out, and they just kind of went back to like their hardcore German thrash. And I don't mess with German heavy metal because of the fact that they are so very efficient <laughs> <laughs> at doing certain things. Yeah, like, it's it's not even a joke because of the fact that a lot of German like German bands, they a lot of them just kind of stick to the same sound, and it's 
never bad. Yeah. yeah. It's always just something like, like it may get tiresome after a while, but like somehow they find a way to kind of bring it back and be like, ah, this is still pretty good. So like creator in particular, they, they, they always knock it out. Yeah. Next up, Megadeth. And we just, we've just been singing praises of Megadeth with their resurgence. Uh, the last two weeks, so I would have to say that they are pretty gosh darn relevant, yep. especially at number three yeah. on the Billboard Top 200. Yeah. So that's something that can't be argued. It, it, it's, it's definitely great because, like, I, somewhat spoiler alert, Dystopia is on my top three. Yeah, it mixes old and new. They yeah. there's a lot of songs that are like I'm like man, this sounds like cryptic writings. Oh man, this sounds like anything older. Mm-hmm. So there's a, they they know how to blend both. And have it still sound good, fresh, original, um, and not be like, man, this is just too poppy, too much, too radio, you know, too. Bleh. So they they still have what it takes, unlike some other bands, like the next band, Metallica. Unlike the next band, I am <laughs> <laughs> um, Metallica is my favorite band. It has been my favorite band since I've been a kid. Yeah. I can I will listen to them to the day I die. I love this band. Fact of the matter is, though, is that every time they make a new release, I always go into it with a whole lot of trepidation, and I know I'm not going to get what I want. Right. Um, especially since I've been let down by their return to their sound, like quote unquote return to their sound, like Saint Anger. Even Death Magnetic, I loved Death Magnetic when it first came out, but going back and listening to it now, I'm just like, man, I there's just something about them that just they just they might need to stop. Yeah. And, I, and it breaks my heart to say, like I said, favorite band of all time. It's just that, you know, if you put it on a scale, what they've done in the past and what they're doing now, it's getting outweighed as far as their legacy goes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like everyone says, like everything Master and Puppets and Back is great, blah, 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 blah. But then when you look at everything in the past 25 years since the Black Album, it's just like, man, you guys... I mean, they're still relevant as a cultural phenomenon. I mean, I think last oh, night's yeah. show demonstrates yeah, def- yeah, that reasonable doubt. But yeah, in terms of putting out good music, and it's not even like, look, you can, if you want to explore a different sound, that's fine. But to be, to have it be so disparate in terms of quality from that, that first era compared to now, I agree with you. I think it might be kind of a sign for things to come to an end. I, I think the thing that irks me the most, and it's always irked me, I, and I feel like everyone should get it from my comments, is the fact that like everything post-1991 has been so, like, we can do what we want, everything that we do is great, mm-hmm. and that may not necessarily be their mindset, but that's the kind of feeling that I get. That's the vibe you get from every, their attitude. From everything that they've done. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, again, leading up until uh, St. Anger when they were like, oh, this is going to make bands want to play louder and heavier. And it's like, bands have been playing louder and heavier since, I don't know, before you guys. Yeah. That's how they got their start to begin yeah, with. That, I mean, come that, on. That, kind of, that kind of self-made clout has always irked me. And, and I think at this point... 2016 they're not going to understand that like they are very much out of the loop that being said though I still adore their catalog mm-hmm. for the most part yeah we've had our we had a couple early on in our podcast we did our um, what was it best 
best favorite, least uh, worst, least favorite with yeah. Metallica. So yeah. we had a long conversation about that. Um, I still feel the same that if they can go on, they can go on touring for the rest of their lives. That's perfectly fine. They, I will go see them every single time. They, they could. There's just no need for new music. They could have yeah. stopped releasing new music after 1991. They could have made the Black Album, and that was it. They could have just done that. Yeah. And, you know, they could have kind of filled in any gaps, like he would get tired of hearing them. They could have filled in the gaps with covers, and they would have been fucking fine. Yep. So, I mean, they could probably still pull it off. They, they like, still do that in their set list every night. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they, they pull they, in, like, a random one from, like, Load and Reload. Like, they played um, The Memory Remains last night. Yeah, um, and King Nothing. And King no- they played That one must have been early on in the set, yeah. then. Okay. King Nothing's pretty okay. <laughs> but, yeah. Again, let's just move on. Hold on. I want to tear up my favorite band too much more. Hold on, I will say, though, since I was playing it yesterday, Guitar Hero Metallica is fucking fun as shit to play. <laughs> I, I set up my drum kit, and I was like, oh, shit. I'm Probably better than Lars. It's so good. I'm uh, playing all those like snare drum drum fills. <laughs> next up is Overkill. Um... Next? <laughs> they have right? released... They, they, like, Okay, another one like Creator, where apparently in the mid-90s they kind of slowed things down, changed up their sound a little bit, but now they are just a machine. Oh my god, the last two records, Electric Age and the White Devil Armory, holy fuck. Like, they just knocked it. And again, I saw them I saw them live open up for uh, Symphony X, and although I saw them at Alamo City Music Hall, which is where the sound sucks balls, um, they still put on a great show. Uh, I was very glad to see it. I, I don't think they need my affirmation here. They know what the fuck they're doing. Mm-hmm. Billy uh, Bobby Blitz doesn't know what the fuck he uh, doesn't need to know what I feel about the fuck he's doing. He's gonna go kick Pat in the nuts. And then <laughs> Overkill is still great, and they are pumping on all pistons. They are gonna work for years to come. Oh yeah. So period. Next up is Sepultura. I don't feel like that's in the same kind of spirit as the rest of these bands, but. Well, I I, th- I think their earlier stuff is. Okay. They're talking about eighties, right? Yes. Okay. They're talking. They're talking about before roots. <laughs> That's the problem, though, because, yeah. like, their their first real commercial success was roots. Cha- well, oh, uh, you're right. You're right. I, know. I was gonna say Chaos AD, which yeah. is where they like really started to hit it off. And I always say my favorites were the earliest materials: yep. schizophrenia, beneath the remains, um, bestial visions. Yeah. Oh wait. Morbid visions, bestial devastation. So I feel like nowadays they they may be like tapping more into that. I don't know. The only the only thing that I feel bad about Sepultura is that for some reason that band still lives in Max Cavalera's shadow. Which like, uh, we've mentioned this in the past. Less than half the career of Sepultura is now in Max Cavalera's shadow. Yeah. So why? I don't know. I mean, the thing is, whenever you talk about Sepultura, the first question that comes to mind is when are they going to get back with Max and Igor? And, and no one really, like, gives the credit to Derek Green and Andreas for continuing on without Max Cavalera. Um, I haven't listened to anything recently. You have. Mm-hmm. And very, very little, unfortunately, it, so far. The fact is that they keep on returning out these albums, and there's obviously a, a market for them because they keep doing it. Mm-hmm. If they if there wasn't, they'd probably stop. Um, I just don't think that. I just don't have any kind of indication of what the music sounds like now, so I have nothing to, to base 
the question of whether their best music is coming out today or not. I mean, I'm still going to say that, like, the stuff that they people largely consider to be the best Sepultura material, which is often Roots mm-hmm. or the most commercially successful, I don't care. I, I don't like Roots as an album for the most part. I want the old stuff. So if if Max and Igor were to reunite with Andreas and other individual and they started playing <laughs> they started playing pre-1990 material I'd be a little more excited but you know what like we're talking what the shit is that <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't belong on my my so, podcast sorry I'm just the the <laughs> Super Bowl already started so I'm just pulling up the uh, ESPN to keep up on the score balls sorry um, but yeah like anything you know early like I always prefer early Sepultura I would like it if they just kind of came out and said, hey, we're going to turn out just super old school Sepultura. I don't care about, you know, Max and uh, Igor coming out with uh, their their Roots tour. Mm-hmm. It doesn't interest me. Um, <clears throat> that being said, though, like the original, the name Sepultura and uh, Andreas and Derek Green, they're still churning out material that is still good, as you said. Mm-hmm. So I would say they're still relevant. There's nothing really that's sitting there saying like, hey, they they haven't gone new metal, they haven't gone alternative metal. They're still just churning out material. It may not be like super accessible. It may not be that great, but they're still doing something. Mm-hmm. Which you know, I mean, how how much great material has Soulfly really released? I feel like they're like necess- they're getting better with age because um, they're transitioning into more of a heavier and a more extreme band. I want to say extreme, but they they have more extreme tendencies than they did when they first came out in the early two thousands. Because they're not they're not trying to grab onto a um, um, what's the word a trend. Well, the trend is going more towards the extreme nowadays. I mean, that's why okay, so they're grabbing onto a different trend. Yeah, a better one. Yeah. Whereas, like Sepultura seems to kind of stay the same. Yeah. So. Well, speaking of staying the same, the next band up is Slayer. Never <laughs> do. And we've had our... Um, They're still conver- a thing. <laughs> yeah, we've had our conversations about Slayer um, on this podcast. And the fact is, is that the last record, Repentless, was okay. We had issues. We discussed about our issues about the lyrical content. Um, the music's still sounding exactly like they recorded Brain and Blood Part 5 um, or 10. Um, <laughs> Rocky 5. Thousand. thousand. Yeah. It's just... <laughs> You know, people are still clamoring for Slayer records. I, I just, if if it's the same one over and over again, why? Yeah, and it, it's in a, and it's an almost blatant kind of way because I remember when the Stillness comes was released as their single. I thought, oh, this is pretty cool, but wait a minute, this kind of sounds like Dead Skin Mask in a lot. It's like, why are you still trying to do it again? You know, like just, well, the thing I is now, now the only I think the problem is for just thinking how the band might think is that they had to prove themselves here because. Jeff Hanneman died, and he he was one of the main songwriters. So they had to kind of step it up a notch, or Kerry King had to step up mm-hmm. his writing a little bit. But the thing is, Kerry King writes the same song all the time. Yeah, it's pretty much like the, just... like the song. I'm sorry, not to interrupt you, but no. the, the songs that are varied in Slayer's catalog, the ones that sound a little bit different than each other, those are Jeff's songs. So, In the uh, as far as lyrical lyrical content goes, I'm pretty sure that um, Kerry King describes a Mad Lib. That is just a bunch of lines and the word fucking. <laughs> and then he kind of includes little words in the lines and then just fucking everywhere else. Yeah. Just 
again, I, we don't have to get into this again because I've already said it, but like lyrical content of the last few Slayer albums, especially this last one, I'm like, no, 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 no. Just shut up. Stop. Yeah. Like he's trying to go out of his way to be offensive for yeah. like no reason. And, yeah. and I, I hate when people try to do that. It's like, just stop. It's like, we get it. You don't like religion. We get it. We, we don't get, like politics. We, we get it. We, we get, get it. it. We, we get, get it. it. We get it. Society sucks because blah, 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 blah. And oh, hey, that Facebook thing. Like, just stop. So that's Slayer. <laughs> but, but, but like, again, Slayer could still tour to the end of days and people would go see them no matter what. So they don't even need new music. They're in the same vein as Metallica, yeah, really. Yeah. Like they, they could really have, they could have stopped in the mid two thousands, and that would have been it. They could have been like, "We're just going to tour for the, for the, until we're fucking coming out in wheelchairs," which probably will happen. Probably. But next up is a band called Sodom. Oh I, man, I got nothing on them. So. Last time I heard anything from Sodom was probably two thousand three, and it was a punch in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> So if they haven't changed very much in the last 12, 13 years, um, my dick still hurts. <laughs> Good. Yeah, they, they, like, from what I know of them, they are in fucking intense. And possibly German. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> German, yeah. If you have a sudden feeling of being punched in the dick when you listen to music, it might be German. <laughs> Except if you're listening to Hasselhoff. Then you might want to punch somebody in the then dick. Then your balls might be squeezed. Go on. Moving on. Suicidal tendencies. I don't know. If, I'm not even sh- like aware of them. Like I know that they're still a band. I know that they still tour. They're are they still, still making uh, albums. Are they still yes. making albums? They okay. made an album in the last two years for sure. I know that. Um, oh, I for this is another one where I got nothing. I'm not familiar enough with the band. Um, what I know of them, I like except for institutionalized. Which, if you don't know what institutionalized is, it's that song from Iron Man when um, Pepper walks in on uh, Tony Stark. Which we actually watched today Yeah, with the kids. Yeah, yeah. if you don't know that song. Um, But basically it sounds like Keanu Reeves, the song. (laughs) (laughs) Which I stole that joke from Riff Tracks, thank you. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) But, um, yeah, like, I know a little bit of Suicidal Tendencies... They're good for the most part, but they, I don't think they've ever been enough on the radar that if they were to fall off, anyone would really notice. No offense to them. Well, again, this is if we put it in context of the question involved here is which metal band that rose to prominence in the 80s is making the best music today, which band now having been around for 30 years or more is still the most relevant, I think suicidal tendencies will be a no. I mean, they're still there. Yeah, but... Yeah. So they, the they, thing they, is, they're relevant in their own right. I'm going to say, in comparison to the rest of the bands on this list, mm. I would say probably not. Yeah, they're, they're just like, they were here in the 80s, and they're here now. It seems like this, they come up more in conversation when you talk about Metallica. It's like, Rob Trujillo, he used to be in that band, Suicidal Tendencies. You remember yeah. them? Yeah, pretty much. Next up, and I'm going to say a resounding yes to this one, this fucking Testament. Testament actually, um, I don't know. I'm surprised you didn't mention it during recording. They just started finishing work on their new track. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I, just, I actually read through that th- today. So yeah, yeah so, you're absolutely so, right. So you're going to hear some new Testament soon. Yeah. Um, I just want to say that Souls and uh, Souls and Black is probably one of the best songs to play in rock band ever. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say that the last two Testament records. Formation of Damnation and um, Dark Roots, Dark Roots of, of Earth, Earth yeah. were two 
motherfuckers of an album. I mean, god damn, those things were great. I want to say that that bands that cover Queen, oh, Test- Testament, your cover of Dragon Attack was pretty fucking cool. Yeah, and you know what? This is me. This is me. This is this is your Uncle Dan talking. <laughs> that's, that's my new name, Uncle Dan. Um, because you are legitimately an uncle. Yeah, so. pretty much. Uh, if you cover Queen, I will have a very, 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 very strong uh, bias against you. But you guys did it pretty well. So um, congratulations. You can. Um, you may now marry my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Moving on, and yep. the last one on the list, Voivod. Again, this is another band that like never reached any sort of commercial prominence, but they were always consistent mm-hmm. and just good at what they do. Yep, and they got a new record coming out. And they soon got a too. new record coming out. They had an EP recently. Yeah, they had a, they had a couple splits. I think this year we yeah. mentioned that on the podcast about two weeks These ago. These guys are prolific. They're just they keep up with what they do, even with the revolving door of members. Um, unfortunately, there have been a handful of deaths. I think at least one, maybe uh, Piggy. two. I think Piggy was one of them that passed away. Okay, yeah, I, I think, think that was like one of the main guys. Yeah, yeah. So like, they, there's, there's, despite, despite any sort of you know revolving door of members, revolving door, Vivo um, has been prolific with what they do, and it's always been you know good, listenable. You know, I, I can't complain with anything that they've released. All right, so I want to do the. The vote up again and see how everyone uh, lined up here. And we got Iron Maiden number one. The, they got 34, 35% of the votes here. And that's uh, just under 4,000 votes of the readers here. Okay. Um, Anthrax was a number two, but they fell far short of uh, Iron Maiden at uh, 15% of the votes. Megadeth was number three with 11%. Slayer, for some reason. Um, 7%. Metallica, 7%. Metallica hasn't released anything. See, I'm wondering like how much of that is just name recognition. It probably is. You know what I mean? mean? Because even I would have said Iron Maiden number one and then Megadeth and then Anthrax. Yeah, because then you got, after Metallica, you got In Order, Testament, Creator, Overkill, Exodus, Voivod, Death Angel, Sepultura, Sodom, Suicidal Tendencies, Annihilator, and Anvil. Is that how it's really pronounced? No, oh, no, dude, it's... stop fucking with me. <laughs> you know I can't pronounce shit. Yeah, that, that's a joke from Orange County. Oh, 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 oh okay. I am the Annihilator. How do you spell Annihilator? I think it's spelled Anhiliator. <laughs> no. Wow. But, like, I think Pete's right. It's a lot of it's a lot of name recognition. Yeah. But even if it was name recognition, you feel that Metallica would have been higher. Even uh, if it's a, even if it's, it's I think, a, see, I, think I wonder I think how Metallica probably has the name recognition of like they were good. Now they're shit. I think I think it's name recognition, and then you have the new albums that those first four bands released, and that's that true. bumps them up. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Is is Slayer higher than than Metallica? Slayer's number four, which is uh higher than Metallica. Yeah, and t- and Testament and and all these other bands. Okay, so I mean. I, I thought it was a good discussion point for us. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily... I agree with the number one spot. We can switch up a couple of the other ones. But, you know, Metal Sucks Readers, you got it right for once. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think... I think a lot of people think that if Iron Maiden were to, for whatever reason, bow out now, Book of Souls would be a great closing moment. I think what it also is, is that it seems that Iron Maiden, the institution of Iron Maiden, is more relevant today than it ever has been. Definitely, because of the fact that, like, you know, 
when they came back with Bruce Dickinson in 99 and they started continuing their tours, they played some of the biggest shows ever. And they're still they, playing some of the biggest shows. Yeah. They they are bigger now than they ever were. Um, arguably, they're better now than or better in the last five years or so than they ever were. So, I mean, it's not... It's not surprising. Yeah. And and I'm not going to sit here and, you know, be be that guy and be like, yeah, Iron Maiden is the shit. And it's like, I, I again, I understand their faults. They're not always the greatest thing. But they they have done everything in their power to earn the spot that they've gotten on here, even even with a bunch of pretentious, um, jaded, what were the words you guys used? Cynical. Cynical, <laughs> keyboard warriors, um, yeah. Douchebags, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah sure. Douchebag. <laughs> um, the fact that like they are still that high among the individuals we just spoke above um, is speaks a lot to them because I again I I will always sit there and say that Iron Maiden is the ideal metal band. I will concede that they are not perfect, but I will say that they are ideal. And some people, at least out there, agree that they have a lot of merit even to this day. Yep. Yeah. So that's cool. Yep. I think we're done with this. Concert. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's it. I think we're good. And so with that, we will make our curtain call. Until next time, subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Templum, for more Shred Shack related <laughs> content, including interviews, um, editorials, concert reviews, and the like. Um, if you have not paid attention to the last week, we released our last podcast, our Homegrown Heroes concert review, which included all three of us, and our Nightmare World review, which was you and me, Chris. Yep. Um, so all that stuff came up this week. I put off everything else coming out this week to get all that stuff done and out and out of my face because that Nightmare World review was literally in our face for a month and a half. Yeah, how's that poster video coming? Hey, listen. <laughs> Damn. This is hey. ball busting all day. <laughs> that, that's, that's coming eventually. <laughs> Yeah, right around the time that the next Metallica record comes. <laughs> I will say that I have a better track record than Metallica, than Tool, Guns N' Roses. <laughs> anyway, you can also check out my YouTube channel for my uh, video game Let's Play series, Recreational Warfare, which boasts over 200 episodes across 30 games, across various eras of gaming. Uh, if you want to keep up to the minute with myself, you can follow me on Twitter at username NovusRedemptor. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at UpTheIron3314 for my adventures in fitness, nerd stuff, and of course, this particular show. For nutrition uh, coaching and fitness coaching, you can visit me on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash UpTheIron3314. Or you can just become my friend on Facebook, where pretty much everything happens for me. Nerd! 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 <laughs> Star Wars! Nerd! <laughs> Tolkien! Lord <laughs> of the Rings! <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we're not going to talk about Lord of the Rings because, you know what, I very, very sorely lost the game of Trivial Pursuit, Lord of the Rings. Pete, you were there. Yeah, it was a, <laughs> it was it was a, a bullshit. <laughs> I have to say that, looking back on it, I guess I did get a lot of easy questions, but there was a lot of people in that game who got a lot of easy questions yeah. Wrong. Yes. No. And I'll, I'll admit that. Like, I honestly, 
I went in there with a whole lot of hubris thinking, oh, this is fucking Trivial Pursuit. Like, it's not, how, how detailed could it be? And then it's like, what was the Elvish name of this fucking river that they crossed? Like, <laughs> holy shit. Like, yeah, the, I was, I was definitely thrown, thrown aside from, for the very specific questions yeah. for the history and the geography. And of course, oh, the man. making of also into this is that, we were on the impression that this Trivial Pursuit game was made for the theatrical version of the movies. This is the extended edition. Yeah. So if you did not see the extended edition, there are certain questions that you will absolutely not get. You had to be an extra special nerd to really be good at this game. Right here, baby. <laughs> I got one question wrong. <laughs> Every answer was Aragorn, and there was a significant amount of B-hole fucking. <laughs> 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 But back to Pete. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you for that segue. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Abyssal Sun for more metal news, reviews, and releases. You son of a bitch. <laughs> that was totally unintentional. <laughs> and be all fucking. <laughs> oh, man. Totally unintentional. I am. That's I am a sorry. Whole other meaning for five finger death punch. <laughs> Good. <laughs> you can't even look at you in the eye and say that anymore. Nope. No, because I'm kind of just Got your throat. All right, finish it off. I gotta pee. If you're hearing this. You have found your way to our Mixcloud page. Mixcloud.com slash the Shredcheck is your current source for all things Shredcheck as far as our podcast, new and old, as well as previous recordings of older live shows. Speaking of the live show, tune in to Pat and Reese every Wednesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for two hours of heavy metal and nerd banter that does not involve fisting in the b-hole. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to leave that to Pete. <laughs> Damn, thank you. Aragorn! Yeah! <laughs> oh man I can already see it now we're going to try to record the top three after this and it's going no. to take forever no because no. I had to pee you can find <laughs> I just said that you can find the link to the weekly show as well as any and all Shred Shack related updates on our Facebook page facebook.com slash the Shred Shack until next time I'm Dan Mack this is Chris Mack and I'm Pete and man be hopeful <laughs> The world is full of kings and queens. <laughs>